Sexy, wexy, hexy, bexy. It's Hotline League episode 69. And of course, for episode 69, we had to get none other than Loco Doco on the show. Uh, he's our guest. But before we get to that, quick shout out to Alienware for the sponsorship of the show. We'll be talking about them more later on. Uh, first off, I got my constant co-host next to me, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? It's going. Is your cat just real I good? See something moving around in the background. Yeah, that's what I say. Just took a dump, and I think he went to cover it a second time because it smelled so bad. Well, that's great. We're starting off the show in a classy way, and that's that's how I like to start the show. How you been? Uh, good. I'm pretty tired today. I didn't get enough sleep last night, um, so I'm just not not feeling it. Not feeling too great. Great. Well, this show's gonna pick you up. You're gonna get excited. You're gonna get pumped. The callers are gonna lift you up on their wings because they're angels. Or demons. We'll find out soon. Uh, Loco Doco is also here. Loco Doco, welcome back to the show. Hi, I'm, it's my third time here. Yes. Mark didn't remember your second time. Wow. I try to forget that one too. Okay. I, don't, I actually don't remember much about it. Actually, no. Second time the was time the where best. your room was messy? There was one time where your room was messy. That oh. was not my room. Okay. There was one time that there were a bunch of girls in the background, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Those are I paid models. Paid models. <laughs> Very strange. Anyway, uh, let's get into the show. How have you been, Loco? I've been good. So today I actually had, this is the third show that I'm doing. I had one with Lisa that I didn't show up for, April Fool's. And then I did the one with Dom. Um, now I'm here. The one with Dom? Yeah. Oh. Me and Dom and Daniel have a show. Oh, okay. Yeah, face face check. Wait, which Lisa? Uh, Lisa... Lisa, Lisa Dawn. It's the oh, Canadian she used to show. Oh, work at the score. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, welcome to show number three. I feel like everyone's just doing more and more shows. Mark does like three shows now, right? Mark? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Well, wake up. <laughs> I didn't know this you were talking. Episode 69. It's got to be a special episode. Okay. Let's, Don't worry, uh, let's talk I'll about sex episode. or something. Okay. <laughs> no, we did that a couple of weeks ago for Hotline Link. That went well. Yeah, well, you I didn't know. invite me for that one? Yeah, Holy shit, no, I could I, have learned so much. Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, anyway, so we can talk about what there's some stuff that happened this past week. There's some stuff that happened yeah. this past week. Uh, we had um, playoffs, quarterfinals. We now know that TSM and FlyQuest are going through. I don't know what's happening with my light. TSM and FlyQuest are going through. Uh, interesting matches there to discuss. Uh, and that might be the mo most of it. I heard some rumor that there was some news dropping some tonight or like an article about something, and I haven't seen it pop up yet, so I don't know what's going on there. Um, maybe this is not vague for... and impossible to comment on. Yeah, well, I think maybe they decided to duck it for April Fools, but it's apparently a like ownership thing. I don't know. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to put that out on today. April Fools. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's that to talk about. I don't know. Is there any other like specific topics that occurred in the past week? Mm -hmm. uh, all pro stuff. Oh, yes. The all pro teams. Uh, that got announced. We now know who the all pros are. And so we can discuss that. I feel like that'll be an interesting thing. People can call in and say whether or not they feel like TSM Cloud9 and TL should have had the vast, vast, vast majority of that. Um, there was a Cats vs. Dogs April Fool's match in which oh, Mark played so a cat. Bad. You were a cat, right, Mark? Yes, I was indeed a cat. Okay, well, we could talk about that. 
Uh, or we can not. That's also the option. Yes. Well, I think I think we should. I guess you get to pick the the decisions though. So I think that's good. Um, I it's a bunch of different stuff. Loco, you had said you had something that you wanted to talk to Mark about or that you wanted to bring up. Oh, yo, Mark, what do you think about the analyst stuff right now in North America? What do you mean? I think it's just really vanilla sometimes. I think my camera's vanilla. What the fuck is it doing? I so Loco, you should probably add some context on this because I did not see the episode, but I did see the title of your episode from last week with Thorin was uh, "Why is the analyst desk boring?" I think that was what was like on the thumbnail. Yeah. So, uh, so what was the conversation you guys had? Well, I watch personally. I watch a lot of sports shows. Uh, First Take, Colin Coward Show, uh, Speak for Yourself. Ho- I love Colin sports League. shows. It's Hotline League, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of debate and argument and differing opinions. And I think conflict is one of the core driving forces of an analyst desk. And it's very, very rare for NA analyst desk to have conflict. Recently, there was a little bit with like the Rek'Sai pick with Crumbs, High, and Marks. But that was like the only one I can remember in recent memory. And I just find it so land a lot of times and i know mark is a really good personality i know crumbs is a really good personality and yeah i find it weird that na analyst desk is very vanilla hi mark hey any any thoughts on this um i promise i did not put uh loco up to this for full context loco it's very Mm -hmm. funny because i have in the past brought i i share your opinion so maybe Mm -hmm. you and i can just talk about this while Mark is silent. No, I, he doesn't want to I, talk about it. But I brought this up to Mark before, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, "Hey," because basically uh, a couple of weeks ago, I watched the thing that super triggered me about the analyst desk was I watched uh, Echo Fox versus Hundred Thieves, and it was a really painful match to watch. And then afterwards, there was like eight minutes of analysis of it on the analyst desk, and I was so just like get get me out of here not necessarily even because the analyst desk part was not great i just think there wasn't like great material for them to talk about they didn't bail out of it or whatever so i kind of uh, have already had this conversation with mark uh about it and asked him if it was worth bringing up on the show um and now you brought it up on the show and he's going to think that i pitch you up to it um, no you he 100 did it's something that me and doran talked about before and yeah, it's how I... Do you guys watch the countdown? Life. Yeah, I watch the countdown. I watch half the countdown usually. I, I usually miss the first 15 minutes. Do you feel the same about the countdown, or is it just the AD? No, I like the countdown, and I think that like that's some of the best LC... Like, outside of the games, I think the countdown is the best content from the broadcast. Countdown is really hit or miss. So for the FlyQuest TSM one, I really hated the Rivington part, where he just went over like random-ass plays that happened in playoffs. And I really didn't like the Jat stats part. I thought that one was really... Oh, I thought the Jat stats part was super cute. I mean, the... Was that interesting, though? The desk it... and the lights were giving me a seizure. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I thought I was going to have some sort of epileptic reaction from it. But I thought it was really cute. And I liked the fact that they threw to the audience at the end to beat Mark and all those guys. But I, I thought it was entertaining, if not necessarily informative. Okay, so my point of view is Dash is an excellent host. Dash is one of the best hosts that I know. And when I interviewed Mark, Mark actually had a lot of back and forth with me, and I thought it was a really interesting conversation. And I 
am curious why that kind of conversation doesn't get facilitated when they have like really good personalities like Mark, Crumbs, and High, and Dash has a great host. So yeah, I, I don't know if the desk was told to be vanilla or not to argue. Or no, I guess I'm going gonna, gonna to be able to come out and say we were not told to be vanilla. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> that that part I can squash right there. Um, I Mark, you're a genuine, genuinely like you're a really interesting personality. Don't you think the desk doesn't show much of that from you, Crumbs, High, or anyone on the desk? Um, I mean, this is a difficult thing to talk about when it's like you and your coworkers and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I don't think we've been like as good as last year or in previous years. Like I definitely think we've been trying to find our footing more this split. Uh, and I think one thing we, we haven't had as many interesting segments in the, the post game where sometimes we'll like go and work, bring out the BFTS station where we can like play the game and break a pick down. Sometimes we have more stuff like that. Um, and I feel like we have been lacking some of the, the cooler elements to the show. Okay. Which sometimes helps bolster if people aren't like super disagreeing. Because I don't think the problem Jad and I had was actually we agreed on the game too much. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't think like there's suddenly mm -hmm. less agreements on the desk. Or I wait, yeah, I don't think there's there's suddenly like we're more agreeable on the desk. Jad and I would sometimes struggle really hard about being like the same mind, having to just to like find different ways to talk about it. So I don't think it's that. I think we, we haven't had as much stuff that like really popped on the desk and made it feel like it wasn't just three dudes talking. So so I'll I'll chime in <clears throat> with my opinion, uh, which I don't necessarily think any of the guys on the analyst desk are bad. My concern is that I feel like the personnel like having Mark, <clears throat> Crumbs, and High, who I think are all kind of low energy speakers, are is part of the problem that you kind of combine all these guys and it is like very matter of fact conversation to very matter of fact conversation to very matter of fact conversation. For me, I think what would be really exciting to me would be to see somebody come in <clears throat> and try to like disrupt that desk where not necessarily even conflict though. I think conflict is one way of doing it, but just somebody who like raises the energy levels up a ton of everybody on the desk and kind of banter back and forth with dash on it. Mm. I don't know if you have thoughts on that specific idea, Loco. Yeah, I mean, I do think it needs high energy. And I just just would like conflict. My favorite part of the desk was when they disagreed about the Rex I pick. And then they came back to it, like, throughout the series. I thought that one was really interesting. Yeah. And I want more of that. And I, I genuinely don't think any of the cast is bad. I think I appreciate all the opinion Mark High and Crumbs has. And I think Dash is an excellent host. I think just a little bit of adjustment would bring that desk so much better. My excitement is more like my, some of my favorite moments on the desk is when there's conflict or there's, sorry, not conflict, but uh, competitiveness, because mm -hmm. I think all those guys are super competitive. And so when you have things like the buy and sell of the stocks or anything where there's some sort of like competitive element, that's when I think it gets really fun. Potentially, that's why the Rexi thing was fun too, because people felt like they had opinions that were at stake and would mm -hmm. be played out over the course of that game. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Uh -huh. Any final thoughts, Mark? Nope. No. Okay. I understand. It's a really careful topic for Mark. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I think it's fair to uh, 
to bring up. Lavely says, "Put me on the desk. I'll. I've got things to say." I think that'd Pass. be fun. <laughs> I think it. I think it'd be fun to have Lavely on. I think it should be cool to have her on once or twice. Yeah, once or twice, and then that's it. Well, like, I think no, I'd want to have her on for like a segment type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Uh, all right. Well, let's see. Any other things to talk about uh, before we start to get into calls? Uh, Mark, anything that's been on your mind over the course of this past week? I watched a video about non-computable numbers. Um, it was really cool. It's been on my mind since Can 6 you... p.m. when I watched it. Is this like related to League of Legends? No, it's about mathematics. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on League. You asked. You asked if anything was on my mind. Please be what, more specific. Which, if you which don't match did you guys about... enjoy more, the TSM Echo Fox match or the, or sorry, the, the. Ugh. The FlyQuest Golden Guardians match or the uh, yeah TSM Echo Fox match? Oh, FlyQuest Guardians easily for I sure. Thought... Yeah. Do you feel like that, it really was that? So what's interesting is do you feel like the TSM Echo Fox match had higher play or the Golden Guardians FlyQuest? Probably level of play. The highest level of play shown was from TSM, but the actual like the funness of the match and the back and forth and the kind of adjustment that was made throughout the series, Golden Guardians and FlyQuest was way more interesting. Yeah. Where for TSM and Echo Fox, TSM adapted after game one and Echo Fox could not find the answer to what TSM had for three games and it was a slow death. Yeah, I agree. I, it was I, I felt like, uh, yeah, I felt like the TSM series, the problem with it was like you knew TSM had the better players. So once they fixed their draft from game one, it was like, Unless Echo Fox can keep out drafting them, any close drafts, TSM wins. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get into the the call or calls. Blah. Like choking myself this night. Uh, let's get into the calls. Uh, Mark, do you want to explain how this works? Yeah. So if people have never done this before, the way this works is I'm spamming Twitch chat right now with a link to the Discord. So go ahead, join up on the Discord when you get there. Make sure to join the Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls to Voice channels. We've got a lot of people in here tonight, which I'm excited for. Uh, once you're in there, you can kind of mute yourself. You don't need to be able to hear anything. And in the Pleb Topics text channel, go ahead and post whatever it is you want to talk about. We have preferred takes. So TSM didn't look good enough. They're going to get slammed by C9. This guy didn't deserve to be on the All-Pro team. Whatever it is, uh, go post your take there. If I like it, we'll pull you down into the waiting room where uh, you'll hang out until it's your turn. I'll hop in, do a quick mic check to make sure you sound good, and then we'll pull you onto the show to actually get on. Yeah. I think we did have a couple uh, people discuss last week, like, could TSM or Cloud9 win or Team Liquid or FlyQuest? So uh, just make sure that if you call in, maybe you have a some sort of take based off of this past weekend so that we know that we're not just rehashing topics that we, we brought up last time. And again, if people want to talk about the uh, 2019 Spring Split LCS Award winners... I have that web page ready to go, as we can see right here, and uh, you can sort of take your opinion on uh, any of these guys uh, in the first team or, or below. But your all, first LCS All Pro team is Licorice X, Smithy, Bjergsen, Doublelift, and Core JJ. Uh, if you are a sub, by the way, uh, first off, thank you for being a sub. Secondly, that does allow you to put your topic in the subtopics chat, which moves a little slower, so it gives you a bit of an advantage. Uh, while Mark is going through all of his, all of your your questions and your thoughts, and trying to figure out who's going to come on, 
Uh, I want to read off a couple of names uh, for people who threw a sub that my way. Uh, Nestle Crunch, My PS, Divide NZL, Blue J1344, Call Me Happy, Pokemon 3 at 3, Quiet Pirate, Dr. Dragon 500 with the 500 bits, and Call Me Happy with the 600, Space Cowboy 247, IK001, McHugh, and Ateo Rachel. Hi, Rachel. One year. One year, Rachel. Congratulations on supporting us for one year. That's incredible. Yo, Travis, oddly mentioned something. Can I talk about it? Yeah. So Monty recently had a tweet regarding interviewers asking, how are you feeling? And that, <laughs> being a great question, that not being a great question to ask, what's your feeling on it as like a very I am of the opinion, girl? like, uh, how are you feeling is the first question or the first thing that I say you should not ask. It is mm -hmm. like the biggest cliche. But everyone does it. Yeah, well, I don't do it. Um, so it and, I, and I wince when I see other people doing it. I don't remember if you do it or not, but I forget. I forget. So this is a big conversation on Twitter that spun off into a weird rabbit hole that I don't want to get into. But I saw Kelsey link uh, three people's YouTube channels in their first <laughs> video that had basically it wasn't specifically how are you feeling, but like some form of that, like how are you doing, what's up, those kinds of things. Yeah, I and, don't mind. I I think it's fine to ask what is going through your head right now. Or what did that win mean for you, or whatever? Mm -hmm. I think it's actually fine to try to get their immediate reaction, uh, especially depending on how recent the matchup was. But I don't. I literally take issue with the fr like the phrase "how how do you feel right now?" Yeah, I think just "how do you feel" is really empty. So I went back and checked the interview that Kelsey linked to me. It was actually the one with Mark, and I asked him like, "How do you feel about the match?" Like, I Kelsey Moser. Yeah, Kelsey Moser, and then. Because I was asking Mark like how he felt about the match. I didn't think it would be this close. And if he felt it was this close, I thought it wasn't exactly that. But do you actively make sure you don't say it, Travis? Yes. It, in, I think I say it maybe once a year. And when mm. I do, I want to die. And you can probably see it on my <laughs> face. I am like, dear yeah. God, why did I do that? I mean, I do like <clears throat> probably over 400 interviews a year. And mm -hmm. so I, I'm sure it slips out sometimes and it's such an easy thing to go for, but I purposely will try to say, what did that mean for you? Uh, or, you know, what, what is going through your head right now? What was that experience like for you and your teammates? Like, what does it mean? Whatever. Like it, you can ask that type of question. I think the question in and of itself is a fine one to ask. You mm -hmm. just like that phrasing is so cliche and lazy. Uh, it's like starting a book, a novel with a long time ago. Or yeah. whatever, you know, like it's just. Or how do you feel about trash talking LCS? Yes, yes. <laughs> JK, JK. I, don't, I mean, I don't get care. The call, get the call how do you feel? Call how do you feel? I mean, I, I don't. I'm, not, I'm still not. Uh, I still don't really care about spending a week asking players how they feel about trash talking the LCS. Whenever it's like week fucking five or six, you start to stretch mm -hmm. for topics to talk about, in my opinion. But yeah, for sure. Um, I. I, you, I, it's fine to say, like, how do you feel about this thing? But saying, like, how do you feel about that is, I think, pretty lazy. I think it depends, like, how long the interview is. If it's a 10-minute interview... Mike just went weird, just, Mark. My Discord's been acting funny. You guys have been sounding weird to me, but I know it's on my end. Uh, it's mm -hmm. definitely... I think it definitely switched your mic input, but go ahead. Motherfucker! Oh, my goodness. This is a family-friendly show. Yeah. No, it's not. Oh, whatever you did, just fixed it. Yeah, um, we never claim to be family friendly. I don't see any family friendly, friendly like E for everyone shit on our screen right now. 
Well, it's Travis is E for everyone. There's and an Dorian Alienware logo, which I, uh, I hope tries to discourage profane language. Um, so, uh, but I look, we don't need to spend more time on that. Uh, Mark, do you want to go grab our first caller? Sure. Okay, cool. A uh, couple more names to read off while we wait. Uh, Zugby, Wildy One Thrill. Hey, people who are in the room, you should unmute yourselves. Admiral Longdong Silver. Uh, Noi, Noi the Knight, 333. Uh, event Nexus for 14 months. Infinite Zero, who says cats are greater than dogs. Enrico Suave, it's 6193. He says, happy 15 months. You're the greatest league content. Great interviews with players and live your talk show. Loco. April Fools. Seriously, keep up the good work, Travis. Thank you. Good. You got me, Rico Suave. Fucking hate this holiday. Um, we should be getting our first caller in. You know, I, I posted content today, and then I checked Reddit, and I was like, holy yeah, fuck. No, no. I I, you'll notice today. I did not post any content today. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing hit my YouTube channel. I think it's a bad idea to do that. Yeah. I, I, I forgot completely. What is it that? Uh, it's basically subreddit goes down for a day. Yeah. I'm not giving Ovly 10 minutes of anime discussion. Twitch chat seems to think that's what we need to do. Ice Paprika is here. Ice Paprika, yes. where are you calling from? I'm calling from Montreal, Quebec. Montreal. Nice. I, I love Montreal. I went there a little bit over a year ago, and I really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. Do you, it, you, is French your first language? Uh, it is, and uh, I was the one who called a few weeks ago and completely had a seizure about describing my username. I've uh, since changed it to avoid such a blunder again. Yeah, but, what was uh, your username? This is why I don't remember you. Uh, it was Oaken. It was The Economist. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, please way. don't make me go through that again. That what was you, uh, bad enough. What do you want to talk about on the show uh, tonight? I want to talk about the appearance of mini-metas within series. Uh, like how the losing team would, for some reason, always pick Jarvin in the Echo Fox TSM series, and how mm -hmm. some teams seem to be extremely resilient to changing their perspective on a champion, mm -hmm. and just trying to get your guys' idea as to why that occurs, if it's really like based on a player, maybe past results, and like maybe them not wanting to adapt as quickly as necessary or something. Mark, mm -hmm. you've been quiet so far. Do you want to start us off on this? I have two thoughts. So I'll give my first thought, let Loco go, and then give my second thought. Sure. Okay. Generally, generally speaking, I agree with what Ice Paprika is saying about um, people not necessarily adapting super quickly. I think um, in this case, like, uh, you know, they had gone in playing four, three or four games with Jarvan into the playoffs, and it was all Rush had really looked good on, and he was struggling all split long on seemingly other champs. And so I think uh, while he had a winning Kindred game, it didn't look very good necessarily. So I think I can understand them going Jarvan. They banned and Kindred. I, he, he got they, fourth on to Jarvan because they banned Kindred. Yeah. So I think um, they did eventually drop the priority on it. So it wasn't being first pick, but they were still taking it, which I mean... Well, I don't know what else Jar uh, Rush can play. I don't know how scrims went, so I have a hard time saying like he should have done this specific thing. Um, so my take on it is usually teams have some kind of a setup or some kind of requirement that they want in drafts. Maybe they really want to make sure they have hard engage. Maybe they really want to make sure they have two tanks, and they aren't willing to budge on that rule. So for Echo Fox, maybe one of their rules was we want to make sure we have engage on Rush, and there isn't that much engage champions available, so they went with Jarvan. As for teams not adapting, 
It's there so much practice behind uh, before going into best of five. And for you to adapt on the spot means you're giving up your practice and it feels really dangerous. And it feels like, oh, we're doing this backward. Why are we giving up on the practice? When in reality, a lot of times your practice is not actually against the team you're playing and your practice was against different opponents. So it's really important to give up practice and switch picks and be flexible. And I think a lot of rookie coaching staff aren't able to do this. And the more veteran coaching staff are, and it's yeah, it's just something teams need to be able to do. And you'll see different picks go really highly in terms of priority in the series, like uh, Varus in the Golden Guardians versus FlyQuest. Like Varus is normally not a first pick champion, but it rose to first pick status because Deathly wasn't able to play other champions. And it was really important for FlyQuest to take that tool away from Deathly, so they kept first picking it to deny it from him. So yeah, definitely uh, something that happens in a best of five series. Dino Knots, and of course we'll take this with uh, a grain of salt because it's somebody we don't know. No offense, Dino Knots, but Dino Knots in chat says Rush practiced Camille all week, and on stream he said he never played J4. Ah, well that is interesting. Uh, I, I don't really have a follow up on that. Just goes down to the coaching staff decision. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Camille Jungle isn't good right now, so I don't know why they were practicing it that much. Mm. Yeah, so like, that's, that's, that's why it's weird to me. It's like Jarvan is seen around the world, and Camille is not that good. So I, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't want, if I was a coach, I wouldn't want playing Camille either. Oh, also, um, I can provide a little bit of context. I actually ran into Song and Tyler, the Echo Fox coaches, after LCS, that LCS match on Sawtell. And they were pretty frustrated with the loss. And I don't think they got what they wanted or like they weren't it. Sometimes I know, it's very easy to just blame Song and be like, why didn't Song prioritize Rek'Sai? Why didn't Song take Rush off of Jarvan? I don't know if it was Song forcing it. I don't know if it was Rush forcing it, but without like actual proof, I think it's very wrong to put the blame on Song. And I think it's also very easy because probably most of us are Rush fans over being a Song fan. Well, yeah. so the other thing I wanted to say, which was my second part to this, was there's always things that you can do to improve the draft. Um, like, like, well, it's just in any anything. There's always little things you can do to improve. It's draft, it's in-game, it's warding, it's laning. There's always little things you can do better. But because draft is such an easy thing for people to talk about, they often tunnel on draft. And, like, while I agree with the premise of, like, maybe there's a better pick than J4 based off how the series was going, they did not lose that series at all because of Jarvan 4, which I would go to the grave saying, like, you get a counterpick Swain into Lissandra, and he fucking dies twice pre-five <laughs> minutes because he walks back into lane, kills himself, TPs back, doesn't fucking ward, and dies again. That's why you lose the series. That's why you lose games. Not because the Jarvan pick wasn't that good. And so, like, I think the community sometimes, because it's easier to talk about draft, talk about draft, and they, they miss, like, these other really big points. And so, like, I agree there's probably something better than J4. Is that why they lost the series? No, they were fundamentally outclassed as the team by TSM. Mm. Well, I don't know if you have any uh, other thoughts on this, Ice Perpika. I had somewhat of a follow-up question, but I think Mark's last point kind of made it moot. But I was going to ask Loco, since you said that they probably wanted to engage on on a rush, would, would, is Vi that unviable? Is there like no place for Vi in LCS whatsoever? Um, actually, I think LCS meta is, and meta in general is way more rigged than it needs to be. But people are not as practiced on Vi and people are not as proficient 
on Vive, so it's a double-edged sword. If you can practice Vive secretly and then you play it, then it's really good, right? But also, right now in the meta, there's so much stopwatch and there's so much res effects, it's really incredibly hard to play Vi. Like, say you played Vi versus TSM, like, they're drafting Lissandra, Zillion, um, it would not go well at all. Okay. I, I think it, it's being played in the LPL, I, I hear. I actually haven't watched, so I'm not sure, but I hear it's being played there and it's doing fine, so I think there is a world where Vi can work, but uh, to Loco's point, it probably is pretty comp-specific. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you so much, Ice Paprika. Anything you want to say on the way out? Nope, just uh, love the show, and I listen to it every week. Thanks. Keep pulling it down in Montreal. <laughs> Will do. Everyone. Uh, by the way, there was somebody I saw in the subtopics chat who hit a topic in, but isn't in any of the, the channels, and I would have pulled you, but... Not a which one is which one do you oh, want they, they uh, you just can... joined it's McHugh. uh but yeah whatever we'll figure it out um i don't actually i still don't see them in the channel uh mark you want to go grab our next person yeah okay. sure <clears throat> you guys when it, just as a heads up if you do join the discord and you want to put your topic in we can't pull you into the waiting room if you're not in one of the channels lagoonist 12 months thank you lagoonist a whole year Poro on Mars for nine. Brawler Yukon seven months. Deadly Kitten four. Hornstar Jordan. Quad, Quad Demon. Purple Ray Q for 12 months. A whole year. Hamburglar for two months. and says, see you in St. Louis. Are you going to St. Louis, uh, Loco? Uh, I wasn't, but I suddenly might be. Okay. That sounds, that sounds interesting. That's good, right? <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's good. What is this guy's topic, Travis? I don't even see his topic. I will. I will find. Oh, that. oh! I see. It's it's all the way at the top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the biggest cow has joined us. Welcome to the channel. The biggest or to the call. The biggest cow. How's where are you going? calling from? I'm calling from New Jersey. From where? New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. How did you come up with the name the biggest cow? Uh, I don't know. I made my lead count like since Alex season two. I was juvenile. Just okay. the only thing I could think of. <clears throat> well, I'm glad it stuck. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I believe that FlyQuest will beat Team Liquid 3-2 to two in a very Oof. scrappy game. But it's because of TL's struggles and uh, FlyQuest's motivation to get to the finals. Okay. Well, do you feel like TL isn't motivated to get to the finals? Because I feel it's hard whenever uh, anybody sets motivation as a winning, stra like winning thing, you know? Well, I feel like right now, uh, like mm. TL, it feels like they... I feel like since uh, against FlyQuest, they feel like they're going to get to the finals while, like, yeah, I don't know if you saw Santorin's uh, like interview after him winning the quarterfinals. Like he was already like, tearing up, like just so grateful to make it to semifinals. So I think he's like they're like extra motivated. Mm, gotcha. Well, uh, do you want to elaborate a little bit beyond that on why you think TL uh, won't be able to make it? Yeah, uh, I think FireQuest, especially with uh, how Santorin's doing, I I feel like Santorin's the best jungler in the LCS right now. I think him being very proactive in the early game and. If they get him on like a Nocturne or something, that he'll be able to overrun X Midley, and X Midley has been proven to be a weak point of TL right now. Hmm. Oh. Well, my viewpoint is I agree with you somewhat on like kind of the motivation part. I think FlyQuest is 100% in on the semifinals, where TL, their motivation and their kind of viewpoint is at least a little bit divided. They're probably thinking a lot more about C9 TSM than they are thinking about FlyQuest. But there's still a really big skill differential 
And I think it's really easy to underrate TL due to what happened in the final weeks of LCS, but are they just sitting around playing auto chess? Is that what they've really been up to? I mean, there was like a recent tweet from Mateos of him, Jensen, and no, Mateos, the C9 guy. Port Hello on Twitter, whatever, right? Okay. Of him, Jensen, and Captain Flowers, like out clubbing. So that makes me slightly worried, but is TL and Steve and Doublelift just really going to like chill? and not take the match seriously. I feel like even if they come in at like 80%, 90%, like they're still way favored versus SideQuest. It would be pretty embarrassing if that tweet went out and then TL didn't make it past FlyQuest. I feel like in a best of five, TL should just have enough experience that they are able to outgun FlyQuest. Because uh, that's, I think, the, the biggest thing is like the ability for that team to adapt in a best of five, I think is going to be one of their strong suits. Mark? Uh, I think that's true because um, I think it was High I was talking to who said this, but he was like, you know, the, they don't really have anyone who's like a losing series type player where they go out and just lay a turd. Um, other than maybe Smithy right now, who like is like no one solo loses them games the way like Phoenix in that last one that we're talking about, like just got really out outclassed by, mm-hmm. by Bjergsen or something. Um, and so I think those kinds of things are good for TL in the best of five, even if they're not gelling as well as we want and they're not living up to the potential and they're a little less than the sum of their parts or something like their parts are still so good. Like no one really is going to do that. So maybe it's, it's, Smithy, which matches up well for FlyQuest because that's where probably one of their strongest players are. But I think I didn't see enough out of FlyQuest in that last series to make me think they have a good chance for his TL. Yeah. Mm. Yo, Mark, what about the angle of I think TL drafts really greedy a lot of times, and when Xmithy breaks down, they actually suffer a lot because then they have a hard time going through early game because Xmithy carries them through early game a lot, and that's definitely something that can happen. That can happen where they draft greedy and Centaurian outperforms Xmithy in the early game and they start breaking down. It's weird because. Santorin doesn't really play snowbally. I mean, like I know he played Lee Sin <laughs> in yeah, in the fine, series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but for the most part, he's not really playing snowbally junglers. It's mm-hmm. it's kindreds, it's nocturnes, it's I don't know. He can play more. He can play Rexai. Uh, I would say that's probably one of what will be one of the best chances for him this series. Kindred as well, if he can get it. But like, it's. It doesn't feel like the rest of the team. Like when when Santorin gets ahead, it's like wow, what a great play. Now he's one kill up and has CS and has like tempo and he's being really smart, but he's not like oh my god, Santorin just ended the game at ten minutes. Like he doesn't feel like that kind of jungler to me, and that's that's not like a great quantifiable thing to say. It's more just like a feeling when you when you watch him play, super super good, but not like a in an underdog matchup where he's just gonna slam all of TL around the map. Um, so I don't know. I think I think Santorum will do well. I think he'll outperform Smithy in the series, but I don't I don't think it's enough to make up what I expect to be a losing bot lane, a, a pretty even top lane, and a losing mid lane. Yeah, yeah there's I mean, a, whenever I said the thing about experience, the Twitch chat kind of lit up and said FlyQuest doesn't have experience. Have you heard about Pole Belter and Wild Turtle and Santorum? I think I didn't say I didn't say FlyQuest has zero experience. I said that I do feel like TL across the board probably has more. I mean, you got CoreJJ, who won a Worlds not too recently, or not too long ago, 
And I think their coaching staff has more experience. Uh, and I think denying that would be a disservice to FlyQuest because if FlyQuest wins, I think it should feel like a really impressive story that they were able to take out uh, this like champion team. So yes, I think they have experience. I just think that uh, TL might have the edge there. Any scenario where we're talking about FlyQuest winning, right? We're talking about something unexpected happening and something from the norm happening because TL and TS or TL and FlyQuest are both late game macro team fighting teams. It's yeah, so much likely that TL will win, but yeah, FlyQuest has to do something different and or something has to go extremely well for them than something that was actually shown. So yeah, we are grasping at straws when we say, oh, maybe FlyQuest can win because we're talking about a best of five. Yeah, I think Pobelter might be a, a big X factor in the series just because he can play a more supportive team style than it feels like Jensen has been playing recently. And so maybe if if they do a good job of like roaming to side lanes, they can hold double lift down and they can punish impact who's not as good in carry matchups or something. Like I think there are a lot of ways that like you can make a good case for FlyQuest to to have like some advantages and style matchups that could go in their favor this year. I just don't think they're gonna happen. Yeah. I was also gonna say that I feel like the mid lane was really also something you really gotta look at because Pobalto looked really good against GGS mm -hmm. last weekend. And mm -hmm. I feel like uh Probato usually struggles in playoffs. Like I think he usually doesn't perform that well. But mm -hmm. like last uh, last weekend, he performed really well. So if he does the same thing next weekend, I think they have a decent shot of upsetting Team Liquid. You guys feel like this meta is in particularly good for Probalter? Lefandra, uh, Swain, Zoe, LeBlanc. I, mean, I feel like Swain is like a Probalter special. I feel like I've seen him have a lot of good games on Swain. Oh, I mean, we talk about Pobalter. The viewer, the caller said Pobalter played really well in the series. I think you have a very big image burned into your head of his last game on Zoe. The two games that he was playing into Frog and Spellcods, he didn't look that great. The Irelia game, he looked okay. And then the Lissandra game, like he was getting turret taken away and it wasn't looking the greatest. So, and also, like, we underrate Jensen so much because we compared him to Bjerg. We talk about, oh, he hasn't won a championship. He ran away to TL instead of being <laughs> on C9. Like, fucking Jensen's, Kevin Durant. Yeah, Jensen's fucking good. So, yeah, I don't think it's fair to say Pobelter will, will like do better than Jensen. I think it's a disservice to say, and I think it's actually, yeah, like Jensen is definitely better. Than I definitely don't think uh, Pobelter was to stomp on Jensen, but if he can just get the hands up on him, like I feel like that'll give FlyQuest a huge advantage. It would, I but think, you're yeah. asking, like you're asking the worst player to get a hand up on the better player. Like if, what if Turtle can be double lift, that would give a lead on FlyQuest. But why are we expecting Turtle to be double lift? Why are we expecting Pobelter to beat Jensen? Well, to the caller's point, I don't know if he's saying he's gonna beat him, but like if you can take Lissandra into, I mean, I don't know if he's playing Velkaz, but some kind of like Cassio, which is probably more up his his wheelhouse, and like. You fall behind in lane, but if you can roam, I think I can understand like that idea that he'll play with the team better and have a, an impact that way, and not like beat Jensen, but beat Team Liquid kind of thing. I can see that. I also think uh, Pobelter is actually really good in playoffs most of the time. It's Worlds and international competition he struggles, but he's gotten like Player of the Series and Finals before and stuff like that. Yeah, I think Pobelter usually does well. Biggest cow? Any final thoughts? Uh, thank you for having me. I love the content you do and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Have, Have a good, good one. one. All right. uh, let's take a quick break, talk a little bit about 
our sponsor for the show, Alienware. Thank you so much to Alienware. This is an Alienware PC that's right behind me. They power so much of what we do. By we, I mean me and my editors. Actually, Mark's on. I, I, I use an Alienware. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I've been pl- I've been playing Skyrim on my couch, plugged into my comp- into my TV. So my laptop's on my lap, and I'm using the mouse and keyboard, but I'm playing on the big screen. Yeah. 4K, blistering, whatever, how many frames per second I'm getting, but I don't notice any lag. Yeah. Well, you can you can be like Merck, Merck, okay? You can go get an Alienware computer. You can set it up. You can have all this fun. Uh, they're doing a bunch of cool stuff. I can't really talk about too much yet, but I know they're going to have a presence at uh, St. Louis. There's an interview that I posted up uh, last week that with uh, David from Alienware where he was kind of teasing some of that stuff. He really wants to see uh, Jack and Steve do a 1v1. I don't know if he's going to be able to make that happen, but I feel like Steve would just crush Jack. But they're looking to make fun stuff happen, including, and I don't know if I should say this or not because it's not completely confirmed yet, but I'm going to do it because Riot did that with Fan Fest, and this will probably go better than that. Uh, we are going to try to do a live hotline league Friday night. Uh, it'll be sick. You guys can come out. We're going to have a location that we should be able to announce soon. Uh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a week from this Friday. And we're going to do it in the evening. So hopefully you guys will still be able to tune in live. I think it'll maybe be a better, we might do it at 9 o'clock there. So I think 7 o'clock uh, here is about an hour early. I think, I don't know where St. Louis is in the time zone thing, but whatever. And you can come out. Should be really fun. Hang out with us. Uh, I'm trying to get some of the, the pro players to come because I hear there's some, some pros that might be making their way out of there or out to St. Louis. It should be pretty fun. So either way, that's going to be completely made possible by Alienware because they're going to rent us the venue and help pay for the production costs and bring my live producer out and all this stuff. So either way, thank you so much to them. And if you are attending St. Louis uh, finals, please keep an eye on my Twitter account because we should be able to provide more info and would love to see you guys come out uh, because even just coming out helps me because if it's a packed place, Alienware is going to be like, hey, we should we should do this more often. Uh, either way, uh, thank you so much to Alienware. And by the way, if you want to help me out, you can go to dell.com slash Travis, which I will put in the Twitch chat right now. And uh, also it'll be in the description of this YouTube video. Uh, that benefits me greatly as people go check if- out their stuff. And if you want to help me out, you can go to twitter.com slash Z. He's a great sponsor of the show. And if we could just get some likes what? and follows interaction on his Twitter, I'm sure that would You're using you know, our sponsor that. plug, which you get paid for, uh, to promote your own Twitter? <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's our other sponsor, the Mark Z. Let's move on. Uh, thanks so much to Alienware for their support. You want to grab the next caller, Mark? Sure. Okay. Uh, as we go into that, a couple more shout-outs to folks. Uh, Dr. Manhattan18 says, Happy to see, hope to see you guys in St. Louis going to finals. Hopefully you can make it to Live Hotline League. Uh, Hype Loves Shaq. Uh, Intrepid90. NJS240. Xenoshape Eternal Blue74. Roronoa Poa. Poro for 11 months. And Kermit Sudoku. For 15. Our next caller is here. Hunter has joined the show. Not to be confused with Hunter from Golden Guardians, because I don't think it's you. I was sweating. No, sir. <laughs> Where are you calling from, Hunter? Uh, Denver. Denver. Okay. How's Denver? I'm, I don't know if I've been... I think I was there when I was really young. 
Yeah, it's wild. It'll be like, uh, you know, 80 degrees and then it'll be a blizzard. So fucks yeah. the roads up super bad. But Well, wait, right now you'll get a blizzard? Oh, yeah. There was uh, a few inches of snow just a couple days ago. Wait, last night maybe? Jeez. Two days ago? Yeah. I and was then today say, was like I really degrees. hope that Riot does an event in Denver in the future because I think that'd actually be a, a cool location. Yeah, um, there's lots of cool spots downtown, actually. But now you've described this hellscape, so I don't know if I want that to be <laughs> a thing. No, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I would like to talk about the all-pro teams. Oh, hey, um, okay, what do you think? Uh, I will... <sighs> Man, there's a couple thoughts. Okay, I, I'll start by saying... I do think standouts do typically get their due justice, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking at Licorice, Pearson, and Core JJ. Um, those three, I think, actually, it, like in my head, if you didn't vote for them to be first team, you, you have to be trolling. I, I don't even see a case for anyone else. Um, I think when you get to like uh, Jungle and ADC, there's some debate. Um, I was actually super surprised. Uh, I don't know uh, how you felt, Mark, when... When I was like, uh, what did he say? He was, said something like, um, I think the only one debatable is Bjergsen. I was like, what are you talking about? I was super, super shocked by that remark. Salt, salt. Don't look at my voting then. Because I did put Jensen number one, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Wow, you put Jensen number one, Mark? Holy shit, you were trolling. It was, it was really close, and I replied on Twitter to somewhere. I was like, I wish I could have given them the same points. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think. Uh, hey, listen, that that was a really tough one for me. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call it debatable. I mean, he still had a hundred points. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, he crushed. Wait, wait. Mark, do you think if Bjerg and Jensen switched spots, TSM would be where they are for this split? Uh, I don't know, because I don't think that they would play the same play style. And then it's a really tricky question, because I don't think. You could have well. I guess they kind of did it with Licorice, right? Last year when he was maybe they could have because they literally had the same play style last year in spring when Licorice got all the draft resources and most of Svenskaren's time. Dude, I'm picturing like and they were almost number one team. I think this was oh, without Bjergsen, they look insanely different. It's actually a lot of did, people that pit Jensen. Did you put Bjerg for your MVP mark, or did you put someone else? Oh, you put Core you JJ. You can't talk about it yet. MVP okay. voting isn't out yet, so I'm not supposed to talk about it. Okay. Uh, but I think, so for me, the, the Jensen things that really stood out was he was, like, nearly, I, I agree that with some people that, like, oh, man, he didn't have, like, the super big plays that you're used to seeing him have, and that's fair. But I think he still led the league in kill, or led the mid laners in kills, and he only had 12 deaths in, in 18 stat. games. I love that stat, baby. <laughs> Give me the mid laner who never makes a mistake. I love you're, that shit. You're talking about the mid laner that's in like such a nice position to be in. My top lane never needs help. My jungler passed almost perfectly. Their top lane needs help all the time. <laughs> I'm from what jungle? Like impact? Where? Yeah. Where is impact? Like getting dove over and over again and needing like mid to cover or anything like hey, that. I, 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 would, I would agree with you. Compared to Beard. I would agree with you if this was like a one off. Like oh man, Jensen joined the best team in the league and now suddenly. His, like, deaths are super low, but he's always actually super... Like, people call him a KDA player for this reason, that he has low deaths and uh, high kills. But, like, he also has insanely high DPM. He does play high DPM champions, to be fair. Uh, but, like, I, I'm not one of those people who thinks he's a KDA player, and that's why his deaths are low. I think he's legitimately that good. Um, mm -hmm. 
I've always been a Jensen fanboy, though. So, like, the same way I can openly admit that, like, maybe I'm a little biased against Froggen, like, I'm maybe a little biased for Jensen. Uh, so that's maybe why. But I think Bjergsen was super good. And like I said, I would have... If I could have, I would. If I could award points on my own, I would give them like both two as a, or something. You know, giving them a but tie. Yeah. yeah, I think Bjerg was asked to do so much more, and Bjerg yeah. did it. I think that's fair. I also think it's kind of interesting, just since we're talking about mid lane. I I'm sorry, I, I really don't agree with Niski being third. Who would you have? I think. Oh man. I, I think pole belter, I, like, okay, I, and the thing is, is it's stupid because if I say that, then people are going to think I'm saying Niski was bad, and he absolutely wasn't. I think Niski was good, but I think pole belter was better. I think, dude, I'm not even a Froggen fan. Like, I, I was actually uh, pretty much well, in agreement with uh, Travis earlier, and I didn't think Froggen was going to be good. I thought Froggen probably had a better season than Niski. I don't oh. think I ever said Froggen was going to be good. I just said he wasn't the person for, and I, I didn't think he was going to be able to, I, I certainly I just, he overperformed my expectations, but I don't think yeah. I was ever like he's not going to be good. Yeah, just to be clear. Okay, fair. I didn't think he was going to be that good, and I I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, so Niski thoughts, Loco. Niski, I think it's really easy to look bad because his earlier season was bad, and he had to ramp up. But Niski did so much in team fight for Cloud Nine a lot of times, where it felt like Zazo and Licorice and Svenskaren were their engine in terms of getting the fight started. But Niski played really well in fights. I thought Niski was super good, and I think maybe it's a little influenced by when we had him on last week and talked with him about, like, his mindset towards his own play style, where he's like, I really don't give a fuck about, like, if someone has, like, a little bit better, like, CS than me, like, if I'm in the right Mm -hmm. place making the right play. And so, like, that was one of my big criticisms of him was, like, prior to voting, was like, ah, his laning stats aren't that great, yada, yada, yada. But, like, he's actually got really good kill participation. He's, like, always uh, involved with his team. Uh, He doesn't actually die that much, despite how aggressive he is. Like, gets good damage out. He Like, the only knock I had on him was his laning phase. And, like, based off how he talks about how their team works and his mindset, it sounds like a super conscious decision that he's making. So, like, maybe that's why I I gave him some slack. But I thought he, he was actually... Really good. My only complaint was like I don't think his landing face is that good. But then he's, uh, but without me, like I didn't challenge him on that. But when we talked about Bjergsen versus Jensen, we talked about oh, Be- or Bjergsen versus him uh, as a potential semifinal matchup. He talked about in a matchup where someone's a good laner, he doesn't give a shit about mm-hmm. them. You know how how they're beating him in lane or something. Yeah, he was like, I don't need to smash lane. I'll just help my team out. Yeah. Seventy-two point so, eight, or sorry, seventy-two point five percent kill participation. Yeah. So C9 season. has a certain way they want to play, and Reaper is very clear on that, and he tells the player to play this way, and we are going to play this way as a team. And they're very good about doing it, where the other players that we mentioned, Froggen and Pobelter, I think Froggen played the exact style that he wanted to play. I think Pobelter played the exact style that he wanted to play, and Niski was asked to change his play style and change how he plays, change how he prioritizes certain movements on the map, certain things that he wants to do, and he pulled it off. Was he a hard carry in uh, EU? Mm, I, 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 I just didn't watch him. So I, I was going to say, I, had, I didn't watch him. I remember his time on uh, Envy when he was a hard carry player, when he played Lucian mid and Cassio mid and much more lane-focused champions. I don't know what he was like on Splice. Hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. 
people are saying in chat he was one of the main carries. He was only a hard carry in playoffs. He was. Oh yeah, I did hear that. He's not the type of person to pick up somebody who was not a rock star. Yeah. Um, And then I was just gonna say too. uh, It does feel a little bad because I think for players that aren't on the like the top brands or have these like crazy legacies, I think, like I said, after the standouts. Um, I think the voting can get a little lazy. I think you're just typically sending the top three teams, you know what I mean? But, like, guys, and I'm not saying they should make it. I just feel like they're almost not in the, co- like, conversation. I, I actually guys, tried to – I thought it was – are you talking about how just, like, the top teams dominated the – Yeah, 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 yeah. I – honestly, I felt – I don't know about Loco and Mark, but I felt, like, a sense of guilt or reticence over doing that. Like, whenever I – because I voted – most of the, most of the people that I voted were TLTS MC9 folks, and I mm-hmm. actively tried to think of like other people, and I talked to other people about what other people could be in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for a lot of people, there were there was probably like a desire not to just make it that because it feels lazy. Right, and you don't want to do it just yeah. to right. not do it. <clears throat> I, the big one that people could have gotten wrong was I think Acadian and Centaurin. I like how you got... say wrong. It's like an opinion, and you're like, it's like it's it's for loco. It's like a quiz. It's like no, you got this one wrong. <laughs> I think it's objectively wrong to Minus put play. Acadian above Centaurin, and I think people could have done it, and people didn't. And Centaurin wait, you think Acadian's top three? No, no, no. no, no. Saying I think the it... opposite. He's saying it. People could have. Oh, did up, people put Acadian over Centaurin? Some did, but Centaurin oh, still God. got third overall. Yeah, I, I think. I um, I I think this was like. It does happen sometimes that people default into top three of the best three kind of thing. Um, but I think that this was a split that that was, for the most part, true. That, like, you were going to find around 75 80% of the best players on the best three teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, like, players who are really good, uh, like a Crown or POE or, I don't know, like these guys who have, have kind of made a push in the past, like, they had legitimate problems on their teams this split that kept them out of it and made it more clear cut i can't believe hauncer wasn't top three i I, preach i don't know oh i I had him as second best like i don't know (laughs) this is something this is something me and mark actually that's crazy because i put broken blade three and haunter three if you ask me in the middle of the split i would have even put broken blade at four i probably would have gone haunter viper and then broken blade for me so why i didn't put haunter and i put broken blade was throughout the whole split, they were looking for the light bulb moment where Broken Blade finally clicks and the resource they're investing into Broken Blade is actually worth it. The counter picks, all the jungle pressure, and the light bulb clicked about three weeks before the season ended and he continued his good form throughout, so I gave it to Broken Blade. Yeah, but what about Monster who just played well, I think, the entire season? How well did he play the entire season? Like being a hard carry on TSM, where all the eyes are on you. Like as a rookie player, like coming from Turkey, Turkish league, and asked to perform on this team, where so much rookie players have came in and failed miserably and crumbled under the pressure. Like him being able to accomplish that and that light bulb finally clicking for him, I thought was a huge accomplishment. So, but you can make for- the counter argument though, which is like he's on TSM. It's easier for him to look good in those games because TSM is a more like a stronger team than Golden Guardians, where this is a team who got like tenth place back to back last year. Mm-hmm. And... Travis, did you 
They don't have the skills. Did, it, I, did we not watch Mike Young? Did we not watch Centurion on their first flip? Did we not watch Mithy? There's players on TSM that have failed miserably before. I don't think it's fair to right. say that. Yeah. Well, so Travis, did you vote for for Hanser or Broken Blade? I was just wondering. Uh, I voted for Broken Blade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. I'm just. I'm progressing the conversation, right? I'm playing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was going to chime in and say a, a very similar thing. Because here's the thing. Like, yeah, he had the light bulb moment, but that came, like, week seven, week eight. Yeah, that's and for me, it's it's for me, and this is not universally true for everyone, but it's not a tier list. It's not like this guy ended the split as the third best. It's mm -hmm. over the course, all 18 games, who put the third most biggest contribution to their team from the top lane. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a skill test, because otherwise someday it would be up there for me. And it's not like a, at the time, end of season, who's the third best. And so that's why I have a problem putting Broken Blade for myself was because they lost so many 2v2s top. Yeah. And they won a lot of games. And they played around him like crazy at the highest jungle proximity. He was given counterpick time and time again. And the only reason that they could do that was because they had one of the least, they had like the most self-sufficient bot lane in the league, I would argue. And sure. one, one of the most self-sufficient mid laners, so they could send Acadian and him top and do all that stuff. And I thought, by the end of the split, their play style was fucking grooving. And I think that, you know, he was performing like the third best, but it took them super long to get there. Whereas a guy like Hanser had to sacrifice and play certain things. Like, he had to mold to his team. It wasn't his team molding mm -hmm. to Broken Blade like it was for TSM. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, with how bad bot lane was at points... Jungle, mid, everyone was struggling, and, and Hanser was like, well, fine, I'll play Scion and Ergot, because that's the only way we can win is if I'm on front line or Kennen or something. And so, like, he didn't have great... Like, everyone in top lane, and this is why it was close, everyone had bad moments, so you can point to games where Hanser played, like, Rise and fed his fucking brains out. <laughs> and, like, everyone outside of Licorice, including Impact, you know, like, everyone had games like that, which is why I think it's a close argument. Yeah. Like, I don't think it has to be... Broken Blade. And this is for second, obviously. Like, first is Licorice, hands down. Well, I put Broken Blade third. I thought it was Impact second, hands down. I put Impact second, too, yeah. Yeah, I have Impact third. I don't know why everyone wants to shit on Impact, like, randomly. It's super weird. He's a very boring player to cheer for, but fundamentally, and if you ask any player, Impact is extremely good. Oh, dude, but yeah. What Impact is good at is not flashy in your face, like, mm -hmm. solo killing people. Like, um, you, you don't see Impact's lead unless you understand the game better. It's hard to see his impact. Oh my god. Hunter, do you have any final thoughts as we move on? Uh I would just throw it real quick. I think uh Svenskaren was the best jungler. And I'll just end it with that, I think. Mark, take good. that one first. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I disagree. Hunter, <laughs> no, thank you for calling much. in. Keep pulling it down. Maybe we'll visit Denver in the future. Cool. And we got about five more calls to get through and uh, about 50 minutes. So let's see how things go. Uh, thank you to Greg Copter, Shadow554, Daniel in 92 M. Slant, me Slant, uh, Sadistic Nero for five months in a row, and Coco Sanchez for 13. Yeehaw, Ooh. says Coco Sanchez. Uh, makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> Loco. How you What's doing? up? I'm good. Yo, what'd you think of troll boating? The you clutch coach? Door? Is that a door Me? or is that like a cheat? What? Into it's a shade. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's curtains. It's curtains. Oh, it's a window. Okay, okay. Yeah. The way it's indented made it look like a door.
Warframe to me. Uh, sorry, uh, one second, Strive. What were you saying, Loco? What do you guys think of troll voting? The clutch coach put Broken Blade first for top lane. There's always that. Type of stuff. I that one was annoying to me just because it was like the most contentious like position, and mm -hmm. I think it mattered. The hard thing is like, how can you call it troll voting? He put Rush but, second also. Yeah, I mean he was trolling, but it's the kind of thing where like because Broken Blade is a fair candidate to put in the top three, like you can't can't go out there and say he's wrong. With the thing that the thing that I think a lot of fans this is a, a tangent. Sorry that we're still talking about this, but. A huge problem for player and coach voting is as good as they are about understanding the game and they have tons of experience in scrims and against them, they don't watch other teams' games a lot of the times. Oh my like, god. All the good coaches it, watch every single game. I know right, but the players Tony the, does. The players don't. And a lot of coaches don't like put a ton of effort into thinking about who they're voting for. And it's super like Yeah, this is who I vote for, you know? And so, like, whereas some people, like, probably Loco, myself, and a lot of people will, like, go and spend, like, two hours on their voting, I don't think a lot of people do that, and I know players don't give a shit, and I know that they don't know anything about who was the highest DPM, how many, how often did someone get counterpick? like, coaches mm -hmm. might know that stuff, but players never do. By the way, <clears throat> we'll move, we'll get to this in a second, I'll wait till the caller's done, but Kyle0808 just gifted 10 subs, and one of them was Kobe. Just randomly got a gifted sub. Like, the odds of him getting that are pretty incredible. Rats to Kobe. And thanks for watching, Kobe. You're a great roommate. Uh, Strive is here. Strive, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Florida. Congrats, Kobe. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. We're all supporting you, Kobe. He's probably... I hear him playing auto chess, so I don't know if he's hearing us. I'm uh, sure we're second monitor. We better be second monitor. Whereabouts in Florida? Uh, Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Oh, wait. Have you you've called him before. Yeah, I put us on the map last episode. Yes, that's right. Sorry, sorry. Um, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? I just wanted to uh, get your guys' thoughts on Acadian's tweet after the match yesterday uh, regarding Rush getting flamed and uh, mm. instead of giving players that did well get credit. I can read it. Uh, I have it pulled up here if you want me yeah, to just yeah. read it exactly how he put it. Uh, I read through some of the comments on our post-game Reddit thread, and I just want to say the league community almost completely out for Rush's head instead of giving praise to the people that did it well is really sad. No wonder lots of player, players play not to lose in the LCS. And then he also said uh, after that, at least he didn't AFK as the engager when his team was getting out macroed and were losing the game. So I, I think he makes a, a pretty good point in that, in that second post. But at the same time, uh, especially like what Double It said in that interview with uh, Fast Feet Travis was uh, the when you get behind that you have to keep your foot on the pedal and kind of stay aggressive. Well, well he was meaning. He was talking there. about the the 10 death power spike, uh, which I... <laughs> <laughs> But I do, I do hear what you're saying. You, you know, you have to, like, it's, it's. We've talked about this, stuff, I think, before on the show. How, whenever uh, a jungler is losing, it's really easy to look really bad. I think we talked about this with Xmithy. I do. I well, the one thing I will find, and I don't think that this was going on with Acadian, but it is really funny because he's like, what? Like the base of that that post is like, why is everyone talking about Rush instead of the other jungler? Who was killing it um, in that game? I kill in there, and I just everybody's talking about how Rush sucks. What about? So, um, 
I like I like to imagine that's how it went down, but I know it's more it, it does kind of come Bravo. off like that, but at the same time as the overall sentiment of that is I kind of agree with it. Like the community does kind of talk about who which player did worse and which one is I is... think the the community talks about whatever is the more interesting thing to talk about. So, and I'm not, and by the way, I'm not saying that people should behave this way or whatever, but TSM winning against Echo Fox, it's not like a lot of people are going to go in there and be like, wow, TSM won. That's crazy. You know, like, I feel like that's a pretty expected result, and TSM played solid, and there's nothing there. People will then look to find, like, what else is there to talk about in that game, and it's like, okay, well, let's talk about how Echo Fox lost. They suck, Rush sucks, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I think that's sort of what, like, the basic human nature that leads us to this point in time i actually think Acadian is wrong on this i thought rush played pretty bad he got caught out a lot as jarvan he kept actively looking for early skirmishes on rex side there were so much mistakes that rush has made and in general like players are of course going to talk about like don't shit on the player like i'm sure Acadian has been in that position before when he was on echo fox or optic where um, he didn't get a lot of resources and he had to play towards his mid lane and frog in a lot. He had to play towards his mid lane and power of evil a lot and he was probably very frustrated and he saw Rush in a similar situation as he used to be. For this one, I actually do think community got it correct and Rush didn't play the greatest, but there also there is also times where the community witch hunt for no reason. Yeah. I think I think they maybe tunneled a little bit on on Rush. Also agree with the more overall point that like the the community probably spends more time hating on a play than hyping a play up like or, or a, a player in a series or something and like the things they got wrong like c9 versus we this is i don't know why this is the example that popped in my head but it is at worlds where they go to like five games and then they have a bad last draft and everyone's just in the post game flaming reaper in the draft when he had other great ones early in the series that like won them games uh, and, you know, it's just like all they did was flame that last draft. It wasn't like W played sick, Sneaky played sick, drafts were good. You know, it, they just, it's generally my team lost, I'm going to complain kind of thing. Um, that was kind of so. my overall point with the call, too, is exactly that sentiment is sometimes we focus so much on what the losing team did wrong and not as much as uh on what the winning team did well so what would you have liked to have seen people talk about like specifically what would you have liked to see people talk about in that thread i don't know if you have any ideas but let's like I, i'm not talking like about specifics out, like, but rush really was... incredible stuff or? no no, no. I, I mean okay so again that was getting into the broader point i just do want to focus back in on the main topic which is i i think that rush was the heart of that team. They came back and won four games straight with him. Without him, they didn't win anything. Rush is what got them back into the into the playoff hunt. And I don't think that he should be flamed as hard because he was trying to, uh, you know, do his best just like everybody else out there. How I, boring would that Reddit thread be? Oh, my God. It's not Rush, boring. I mean, I, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right Rush right. tried his best, guys. Like, everyone tried his best. Like, we all put our best effort in. Let's not really play, like, flame the players. And I'm sure Rush's mom is all going to buy us pizza and Capri Sun at the end. On the scale of League Flame to a player, like the subreddit Flame, that was like a six or a seven. That wasn't, like, that bad. You know, well, compared to, like, when 
when Parth and TSM got knocked out of Worlds, like that's the ten out of ten for like the Svenskare and shit and this Parth stuff. Would you guys agree generally though that it would be nice at least to see the league subreddit celebrate winners rather than shit on losers as much as they do? Then I think the interaction and the what is it? Yeah, I, then I just think content wouldn't be as fire, and I don't think people, there would be a lot of comments. I don't think there would be a lot of upvotes. It, when it's just about positive, it can get really boring. Why are you really dabbing? Did somebody I don't know. Just because he said fire, and I don't know. Okay, I didn't know if somebody like dared you to dab on stream or something. I don't know what was going on there. No. Wait, Travis, don't you think that Reddit thread would be incredibly boring? Like, oh my god, TSM played really well, but Echo Fox also tried their very, very best. Yeah, I so I don't. First, to be clear, I don't think anybody should be saying Echo Fox tried their best. Uh, but I do. I can understand the sentiment of. Why is this post-match thread just so focused on the losers? Uh, I wish that there was more that, conversation. That's the point I'm trying to make. That's pretty so, much it. Without getting one, demoralized by Loco. What <laughs> One reason I think people tend to over-focus on the mistakes people make is because League is a zero-sum game where for every good play, you're almost guaranteed to have a bad play. Um, and so, like, most... Kills you mean because naturally somebody for every kill there has because to the be other death. person like probably fucked up. Well, it's just like in order to get a kill, you must kill someone. So someone is dying, and most deaths in League of Legends, if you play it optimally, are avoidable. And so what happens is he could have avoided that if he did this, this, and this, and people talk about that, and then suddenly it's, he's playing bad or whatever. And you're not talking about how the guy forced that kill. You're suddenly saying. It's just there's more to talk about with what the guy did wrong. So people yeah. start, I think, tunneling on that stuff. It's not like basketball where there's like a guy in your face and you hit this disgusting fadeaway three and like someone's on fire and oh my god, he's taking over the series. Like that, it's just not how the game is, is viewed because someone had to have messed up or something. Okay, the core point I want to make is Reddit is for the fans. Reddit, yeah. Is... Now, if you're a player and you go on Reddit and you swing up and down depending on what you read on reddit you're not going to go very long or very far as a player reddit is a place for fans to discuss the league like and talk about how they felt about it and what they got out of it like if it's for players like it's it's just not a good place for players to go like players should be taking criticism from coaching staff fellow players like their management like reddit is about whatever the fans want to talk about and whatever gets upvoted for the fans to talk about so Yes, like it's shitty for players, but naturally, I think that's fine. Yeah. All right. I think we've uh, gone over the discuss discussion enough. Strive, do you have any final thoughts on the way out? Yeah, it was just kind of cool for a fellow pro player, kind of stand up for another fellow pro player on a team you just defeated in the playoffs. I just thought it was kind of a nice gesture. It's a cool, dude. Definitely like, in chat. Maybe he was, uh, was it a nice gesture or was there... Man, I don't think there was flame there at all. No, I literally think that it winner. gets interpreted wrong. I think it gets interpreted wrong. Acadian's too cool of a dude. He didn't want all the fucking fame on his back because of that tweet. He wanted to fucking recognize another good player and that they shouldn't be shitting on that player because he outplayed him in that game. I think yeah, this is I, Acadian I do right I think I, I honestly don't think it's an ego thing. I uh, no no. I mean, I do think it's nice that he did that because I I always find it nice whenever a winner helps lift up the the defeated party in any situation. I think that's graceful and nice. 
Um, I'm just memeing a little bit, but I think it was cool that he did that. But I also understand why that thread is going to probably have negativity focused towards his opponent um, and not as much positivity focused towards his team. So. Hey, thanks so much, Try for calling in. For show. <laughs> for <Okay>. show. <laughs> great, great way to end it. Uh, let's see. We've got four more callers. By the way, everyone, it is... Kelby May's birthday today. This is not an April Fool's joke. I, I know that it might seem like he was literally born on April 1st. You can go back and look at everything in the social media. You'll see it's April 1st. So if, uh, and he hasn't been on the show in a while. So if everybody would like to help me here, go tweet at Kelby May. I'll put a link into his, his Twitter. We I've been trying to get him on the show. He just says he's busy. So if you miss him and you want him on the show, tweet at him and say you want him on the show. Wish him happy birthday. If you don't want him on the show, um, don't tell him you don't want him on the Send show. Send him just some death him, threats. Just wish him happy birthday. <laughs> but here, I'll link his Twitter again if we can get some tweets going. I think that would be nice to send to our uh, former almost kind of co-host. You can go say hi to him. Uh, wish him happy birthday. Let's see. Our next caller is here, and that's McHugh. Hi, McHugh. Hello. You changed your name. It was McHugh earlier. Now it's McHugh. Yeah, I wanted it to be, like, the thing that shows up on your subs, so you knew it was me. You're a little quiet. I'm going to turn it up a bit. Uh, uh, did my camera just die? Yes, it did. Yes, sir. All right. I think I think the battery's actually dead, so I'm going to have to give it a little swapperino. Can we... I You could just plug it in. Uh, I don't have that thing still. It's in, Isn't it just a micro USB slot? Uh, no. Anyway. It's, no. McHugh... Mc, no, uh, remind me where you're calling from. I'm calling from New Jersey, uh, Atlantic City area. Another New Jersey person. Yeah. What uh, What do you want to talk about? So I want to talk about um, PAX East um, and Riot's presence or lack thereof. Um, I go every year and it really seems like there's just like so many league fans always. Like, no matter what, as certain games come and go, there's just always a League fandom there. And there never really seems to be Riot interest to match. Like, there's always a couple people that they send. They send, like, a couple social media people, and I don't want to, like, flame them. They're they're doing great. But, like, I feel like there's just a lot more demand. And especially because every time I go, it's during the um, during some sort of playoffs. It's always this time of year. It's either, like, the finals or the semifinals or quarters this time. And, like, this year we finally did have a viewing party, but it was only because of um, Alienware. Alienware, exactly. Like, if it had it not been for Alienware, there wouldn't have been really pretty much anything. And even that wasn't really big. And I don't want to... Didn't they also have a cosplay competition? They did. And that was also kind of the problem. I don't want to say that was a problem because that was cool. But there was this one tiny room that had to hold, like, all of it. So they had, like, everybody feeding into the, like, cosplay competition for like the hour right before the um, playoffs started. So then we kind of like formed another line to try and get into that same room to see it. And we kind of like got stuck behind the cosplay people and we got like forced around and then all the packs and forces had to like jump in and they weren't really expecting it either. It was just, it was kind of a mess. Mm -hmm. I got in, so I, I shouldn't complain too much. I got to watch it. It was really cool, but they only really let in like, I want to say like 50 people. And there are a lot of people out there, like, trying to get in, like, trying to wait for people to leave so they could get in. I just feel like there's so much demand 
it could really help to like have more riot engagement. So one, uh, just full disclosure, I don't know how somebody would have gotten to this part in the video without knowing this, but uh, obviously we're talking about Alienware and Alienware sponsors this show. So just so you know, we've disclosed that. Secondly, um, Twitch chat is spamming uh, resident sleepers for this. I actually think this is really important. Uh, and one of the reasons why I picked this call, not Mark. Mark is grinning because he didn't. I was about it. to say. Yeah. I got to I gotta be with my I boys. the call is because I actually think that we all want League to be this like long-standing thing. I think it's important to know what these experience. Okay. Mods, this is your cue. If people keep spamming <laughs> it, go to town. Um, but I actually think it's really important for League to have these kind of in-person events just because you didn't go to PAX doesn't mean that you shouldn't care about this because the next time there's a gaming event in your area, uh, you might want Riot to be there and to have a good experience for you. So I think sometimes these types of issues like, fly under the radar because people think, oh, well, it's not my problem. I don't live in Boston. I'm not going to go to Boston for PAX East or whatever. Um, so that's why it cares. So, uh, so anyway, I didn't go to PAX. So can you give me the breakdown? That was basically like the league room was, it was a, a room that was open at any given point in time. Well, first off, it, it wasn't the league room. It was the Alienware room. Like they let league use it out of the kindness of their hearts. And I know they're sponsors of league too. So that's, you know, that's why they did it. And that makes sense. But like, there were like two riot people there and like, good for them. They did a great job. Um, but, like, I think they could have used more people there, and it was a really small room. It wasn't really big enough to, like, house all of the interest and all the people that wanted to, like, get involved. And like I said, like, I go every year. Uh, I was there last year, and, like, there was the whole floor was just, like, Fortnite everywhere to be seen. And you come back this year, and there's not a lot of Fortnite, and there's a little bit of Apex Legends, but there's always League people. No matter what, no matter how old the game is, there's always plenty of League fans. Mm-hmm. So what well, would you have liked to have seen? You just want them to have like an on-the-floor presence? I don't even necessarily need an on-the-floor presence anymore. I know that like the game, like they're not really trying to promote the game, but I, I would have liked to seen some more promotion of the LCS. Like I, I would have loved to have seen like the individual teams just have maybe a booth to sell merch. I would have bought merch. Um, none of the teams had any merch. There was a Boston Uprising merch thing there for Overwatch League. There wasn't anything for any of the league teams. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm happy to take this if you guys don't have too many opinions on it. I'm, I'm fine to handle it. I have a take, but okay. you should yeah. go first. No, go for it. Okay. Well, I don't think it's any secret that the whole, like, Riot budget cutting thing with, like, Tencent and the floors right. on packs and any kind of like event is extremely extremely expensive and the main goal of uh, developers doing like a show at PAX is to promote a game or get users and write like everyone knows about League of Legends and so they probably didn't think like for cost to um, player acquisition um, the dollars didn't make sense so that's why they probably didn't have it as for like a solution for it there's this program called LPP and it's league partnership program where league partners are, are influencers or partnered up with Riot or League of Legends. And then they sometimes get flown out to events. I would have loved to have seen Riot send LPP people to PAX and kind of promote League of Legends and then like play with the fans. And then if you see like famous ones, like maybe not even like Tyler. Are, one you, just, are, you, are you part of LPP? 
Luku? Yeah, I'm part of. Well, okay, I'm so no I'm, longer gonna be part. I'm no longer gonna be part of LPP because I have to pick between media and LPP, and I'm okay. picking. Media. I just wanted to disclose that if you were part of, because if you're like, I think Riot should be sending LPP people out. And <laughs> they should send me as their ambassador. Well, no, I, I'm I'm no longer gonna be yeah, part yeah, of. LPP. Yeah, no, I'm teasing. I, I just I yeah, wanted yeah. to make sure that that no, we were just closing it. Riot has Riot has to find a way where it's cheap but still like meaningful. But in terms of like dollars, um, player acquisition at PAX is extremely, extremely high. So it doesn't make sense for an old school game that already has a large user base to go to PAX to try to pick up users and have a giant boost. So, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think that anything on the floor would have been necessary at all because the floor was packed and that there's just no need for that. But I, I think that if they maybe had one of the side rooms like just like twice as big as they had, for this watch party, I think it would have gone over better. And if they had promoted the watch party better, if people like knew when it was happening, knew it was coming up, because there were a lot of people really excited for it. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Are you? Let's say um there was no room. Would you still watch esports? Would you still watch League of Legends? I would personally, but I don't think a lot of my friends would have. Um, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm the guy who's like, while everyone else is at the panels, I'll be on the floor on my phone just like watching the playoffs mm -hmm. and like like for me personally like i would have loved to have gone to the boston finals that happened a few years ago but like i couldn't get enough friends to go and i didn't want to go all the way up to boston by myself because it is kind of far but i go to pax every year because i have a whole bunch of people that'll come with me mm -hmm. who love pax and like they'll go and see a league thing if they're already at pax but they're not gonna like you know go all the way up to the finals whereas i of course would if i had someone to go with. yeah i feel like um <laughs> excuse me for me i remember riot had a lot of presence at these events i thought it was really nice because you do have like a ton of the league community that shows up to paxes and other events like this you see all these cosplayers etc and i i think it's nice when riot is able to like i don't think that i i agree with loco i don't think that there needs to be a giant league of legends booth where there's like a team of the size of a city sitting on well, maybe too big uh seem the size of you know half the convention floor uh rising up to to you know intimidate everyone but i do think that it is it is nice where if you are a league of legends fan and that's like one of your main things that you spend your time gaming on going to a major gaming event and feeling like there's a space for you is pretty cool now you say they they use this room was the room not big enough or like what why was this not uh, did this not work for you? It was just a really small room. I mean, again, it worked for me insofar as, like, I got there early, I got a seat in the front, I was one of the lucky ones. But there were a lot of people who, you know, were in the back of the line who just didn't get in and wanted to. Yeah. I vote we bring LCS Finals back to the PAX events. <laughs> I don't think that that's a practical situation, Mark. They had a college well, final a few years ago. That was awesome, but they don't do that anymore either. Yo, Travis, isn't, like, the math part, like, the biggest one? Like, player acquisition costs for hosting, like, a PAX booth is just not worth it. And, like, they're not losing players not by hosting anything at PAX. So well, if so, I was cutting budget, this would be the first thing they would target. No, one of the first things. So I think I, I disagree with that just because Riot obviously has shown that they... There's a ton of things they spend money on that are mm -hmm. not necessarily about player acquisition right it's just about like keeping the community going and that kind of stuff like all the kda stuff i mean esports alone 
is something that they lose money on and they it's because it's like a feature now obviously they're hoping to change that sometime who knows if they will but mm-hmm. i feel like you know they can look at investments in these things and they don't have to make a crazy investment you know maybe it's just about hey if you're going in on this with alienware you both buy a bigger room or you send out more people or you you create other events in the city like you take do a takeover of the restaurant nearby and people can go there at any given point in time um i don't think it necessarily has to be like the booth i think that there are there's a lot of value in these events and uh, and creating like that community there and having it be a place where people can connect with Riot and all that stuff. Otherwise, the only other option for you to connect with Riot is going to one of these LCS finals. And they're not actually a great experience if you want to like actively engage with anything, right? For the most part, you just walk in, sit down and watch the game. I think that's cool. But if you want to actually like participate or talk to other people or like something like that, it's, it's you know, not a good option. That's why I thought FanFest was such a good idea. And then they canceled it. So... Um, I don't know. That's I think that's so. I I think it's fine for for league fans to want and expect more out of Riot when it comes to these events. Okay. McHugh, any final thoughts? Uh no. I guess final shout out to Alienware. Uh, they're uh, I th- I got the sense that their buy-in was a lot more involved than PAX, and I you know or than Riot, and I would have liked to have seen Riot match them a little more. Cool. Thanks, man. Have a good one. You guys too. Bye. All right. Moving on to the next caller. This Mark wakes back up. Thanks everyone for, uh, for participating. I think these, like a lot of people want to just move on to the spicy topic of what is, you know, why does hundred T suck? But I think it's important to sort of talk about like the backbone of what actually drives a lot of this stuff, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Daniel N92, Miss, Miss Lyant, Sadistic Nero, Coco Sanchez, Kyle0808, who then gifted 10 subs, including one to Kobe. Uh, thank you so much, Kyle0808. You've gifted like 350 subs or something now. It's crazy. 380? I don't know. Shonley12, Farley Dude 97 I believe our next caller is here. Majai Doom. Is that how you Hello. pronounce it? Uh, Major Doom, but close Major Doom. Where are you calling from? Uh, Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota, Florida. We get a lot of Florida callers. We have to go back to Florida again. I thought uh, you're breathing a little bit in your mic, so I, I wonder if you can move your mic further back. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, so my topic was a bit of a rehash from earlier, but whether certain voters who don't take the voting seriously should have their privileges revoked. For sure. Um, so to go into a little bit of this, uh, I tend to... When I see those results, I tend to go like into the entire ballot and figure out like exactly who everyone voted for and if there are any significant outliers. So going back a ways, we've seen stuff like the C9 guys vote for their own players when they're explicitly told not to. And uh, obviously that alters the results a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, In the past, there have been stuff like and sometimes it has actual implications. Like uh, 2017 spring split, contracts beat Acadian by, I think, three points for Rookie of the Split. And part of that was the C9 duo uh, voting for contracts, so that knocks out points. And then they voted for Stunt and Shady from P1, one of whom had like an 0-2 record as a rookie. So, And they didn't, neither of them, I think only one of them voted for Acadian. So stuff like that seems like really 
shady for lack of a better term. So the problem um, is I haven't seen that in a while. I feel like that hasn't been recent, right? Yeah, that some of the it's not been as bad recently. Like there's still some questionable things, but nothing uh, quite so bad. Um, for this split in particular, there were some things that I want to point out. Like uh, from I think the riders actually try to be pretty uh, like consistent and put effort into it, which is appreciated. You mean like the broadcast team, right? Yeah, and uh, some of the uh, yeah broadcast and the analysts and the casters, um, and Honestly, they're not going to get their privileges revoked, so it's hardly worth it. Anyways. <laughs> uh, but among the players and coaches, there's some like Jensen voting for Bang for third team when he doesn't include Sven, or both Irian and Zabutin voting for Blabber when he played one game when they, they both have the option of voting for the top three junglers that were cons considered top three junglers Svenskeren, Exmithian. Santorin, or they could have voted for Acadian. Um, and then I don't know if you have connections with this person uh, from the third party members, uh, Sage Datuin. I don't know. I don't who who. Sage Datuin. I think it was like Action Esports or something like that. Oh yeah, I don't. I think I'm not Gordon. familiar with who that person is. Yeah, so I really question whether they even watch NALCS because their first team mid they vote Froggen, which. In a really strange world, you can make an argument for, even though I don't think anyone else put him first team, except for Zix. So I guess there's an argument for that. But second team, he votes, or second team ADC, he votes deftly. And then his third team included Viper, Rush, and then Niski. So specific to that, he doesn't vote Bjergsen at all on any of the three teams. And he's the only one out of all 46 ballots that didn't vote for Bjergsen at all. So I guess that's uh, just one I want to bring up, whether some people who seem like they don't pay attention to the league and what goes on in the league, whether they should have their... Uh, I mean, there's literally somebody on the third-party media that doesn't even have an outlet. They're just listed as independent. So I don't... I agree with you. Some of these people, a little sketchy. Um, Are you listed as... Oh, my God. You're listed as Travis Gafford Industries. You're independent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? No. There's a media company, a conglomerate, actually. Travis Gafford Industries, probably more profitable, by the way, uh, than some of those other sites listed, and probably has better circulation. Anyway, um, let's... You have to flip that in there. Yeah. Well, let, think... Mark... Excuse me. Mark was trying to slam me, uh, you know, stick up for myself. Um, let's... Yeah, let's dive into this. So... I think, so, the problem with a lot of the reasons that you think these things are troll or something is that, like, there's not a good one-size-fits-all, like, this is trolling if X things happens or is true. Because, like, if I was going to defend Deathly, I would be like, well, he had the best CSD of any bot laner, so he must be good. And I think, to your point, like, was well, this person really watching the LCS, if they think that? But, uh you know, it is defendable in some ways, and it's hard to be like, yeah, you lose your voting rights because of, you know, this subjective opinion that you you, you shouldn't have put deftly. Yeah, for that's, sure. I think that's part of the problem. By the way, for people who want to see the spreadsheet, I'll link it in Twitch chat. Uh, anybody listening or watching or whatever, you can go find it, and it's in the article on the the Law Esports website. It's kind of like NA Tholaque, where people don't care. 
so it becomes meaningless and then it becomes meaningless so people don't care like i don't know why it i care loco i've never not cared i care a lot because i i worry that if i don't do it right the community's gonna flame me does does europe even do this yeah europe of course europe does this i just don't see their shit on the subreddit about it ever or am i, I just mean, like turning a blind eye to it it's lec you know i think the the more we make it serious and the more we care about it and the more we make the awards legitimate, I think the better it is. And I think the troll voting thing is like taking backward steps and like Riot should talk to people that troll voted and seriously consider if you troll vote, your organization will not have a vote next year. Or next how do vote. you, how do you determine if it's a troll vote? You ask them about the reasoning for it. Like, why do you have broken blade first and like rush second? You legitimately ask that question to clutch. But then you have, like, who's who's the one asking that? Like, who's the guy who's like, I've determined that your reasoning is not good enough. I am the adjudicator on this issue. Boom, you're banned. And, and at a certain point in time, also, like, why not, why not just... if The moment you have, like, an adjudicator for that stuff and you're like, well, these people aren't allowed to be in the top three... You... No, no, not, it's, it's not allowed to be in the top three. The commissioner, like, they can run, like, an algorithm that's like, okay, these are standout names, like, names that only got one or two votes from the entire committee. And then the people that are voting for those then would get questioned. And then if they have legitimate reasons, then sure. But if all your answers are outliers, like rush at second for jungle, broken blade first, then you have a serious question that you need to answer. Right, but we're saying who's who's determining if that answer is good enough. I can, t I can pick out who I think troll voted, but like, am, am I supposed to be the guy? Like who is the guy who's now- Riot commissioner. commissioner, like Riot. Yeah. Riot's, like Chris Greeley probably. But like, what? No offense to Chris Greeley, I love Chris Greeley. But like, is he gonna argue with the fucking pro coach about his reasoning if he like actually defends it? Uh, Which I assume if he, sure, yeah. maybe that sure maybe that's not the most elegant solution nor the best solution. But I just hate the idea of these all pro votes turning into a joke. I feel I, like I the agree better that, way to. Yeah. I hate the idea that it's a joke too. I feel like the best way to do it is to have the community police it by like literally calling out and complaining about people and saying like hey like this person troll voted they shouldn't perhaps not be allowed in it right if if the community was really upset with an outlet or a team for troll voting it would put immense pressure on that outlet and or team to fix it and if they continue to do that anyway then i think the community can put a pressure on riot to change that too i think it i honestly think it's on the community to try to police it I, I agree with Loka that I wish there was something that Riot could do to just be like, all right, you've you've lost your voting privileges or something for that person. You don't even need to take it away from the org, but, like, that person's banned from voting. It's not like, you know. But I think my, my problem is, like, I'm okay with that outcome, but how do you get there? And I, I, I don't know a really good solution. I, we don't have to spend a lot of time trying to look for a solution. Yeah. I just want to voice that I think it's really bad that there are troll books. So Raz is saying that people are allowed to have off opinions. Like, Raz, I'm not saying people aren't allowed to have off opinions, but you, what if a reasoning behind putting Broken Blade first and Rush second and Jungle, that just screams troll voting to me. Well, I mean, you could even make the argument, and I think this does a, a good job making the pill easier to swallow, but, like, for the person who puts Deathly second, mm -hmm. maybe you aren't trolling, maybe you looked at those stats and thought that that was a good way of voting, but it's not, and you should lose your vote because you're not qualified. Maybe that's a better way of putting it, or something. Mm -hmm. Like, you, 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 didn't, you didn't have, like, when you asked that question of sufficient reasoning, you weren't trolling, but, like, 
in our opinion, you, you don't, you shouldn't have a vote or something. Yeah. I, it's not that you're not allowed to have an opinion, but then your opinion shouldn't go towards like awarding someone that's been working towards a whole split for an award or to perform. Yeah. I don't even mind it if people snub someone like a coach or a team snubs someone. Like, I think it actually makes it kind of interesting and kind of dramatic if it's like, wow, cloud nine must have beef with this person. Like last year, whenever Peter didn't choose Aphromoo and then Aphromoo didn't choose Peter. I, well, I think that's interesting. I don't think that it's yeah. like an issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I do think that if like, let's, let's, let's just create a, a theoretical scenario, right? Nothing like this happened, but let's say somebody in the third party media, like just voted and you just are like, how could you even choose this? Right? Like they just pick crazy right, like blabber. every time. It felt like they just like, yes. Uh, but I mean, how like you, even more so across blabber? the board. But the blabber one is a pretty good example. Um, you know, I think that's when you start to wonder, well, is this person somebody that should be a part of this? You know, and if the community thinks that they're not, because in my opinion, media are at, speaking at least about the third party media side. I think media are there because they're supposed to be qualified and they should have community respect, right? Other than why, why don't you let like college kid with like a blog on blogspot.com, you know, get access to this. The idea is that these are qualified media people. And if they're just like screwing around with their vote, then, uh, then they're not qualified. Ultimately, like you guys are saying, it's an opinion thing. Like I personally would have had Paul Belter second and a lot of people would call me an idiot for that. So I'm not suggesting that having different choices is like somehow wrong or incorrect. But stuff like picking Blabber when he plays one game, when there are three or four perfectly qualified junglers to vote for, just is, it makes me frustrated to see some people not get the respect they deserve. Yeah. And I think you could you could ask like why does Riot's ballot allow Blabber to even be on there? Yeah. Um, but like at the same time I would like to have a, a group of people voting who we can trust that like if you do have the ability to pick someone troll, you're not gonna do it. Yeah. And if you if you can't be trusted with that responsibility, you don't get it. So like, you know what? Fuck the Deathly guy. Like let him have Deathly. You know what? That's defendable in some regards. Broken Blade first, whatever, you can kind of defend that, but the blabber shit is like your heart trolling. Meiji Doom, thank you for calling it. Anything you want to say on the way out? Uh, nothing too big. Just want to say big fan of all three of you guys watching uh, your content for a while back in the State of the League days. So, Just want to give a shout out to Raz in the chat before he goes, having one of the best anime lists that, that we're being shared around today. Great Meiji anime Doom, list. I'm sorry that your exit has been Rolled by Mark, but I appreciate you calling. <laughs> yeah, no problem. All right, see you. All right, we're going to do these next three quick as a fox. I don't know. Mark? Oh, yeah. Go get okay. the next people. <laughs> Mark? Okay, there we go. He's got a cat in his lap, so he's a little distracted. Uh, thank you to Ari Waddle, Show Kill for five months. See you in St. Louis. Hope I'm able to figure out where the venue is for Hotline League Live. Me too. Uh, Jack, Jack Jamkin, uh, thank you for the five months. Kel Dar TV, thank you for the two. And Kisiwik, thank you for the prime. Always nice whenever people throw subs my way. Really, we have our our next our next caller is here. Topher mm-hmm. Fry Seven, is that how I say it? Yes. Okay, Topher Fry Seven. Where are you calling from? Uh, 
Western suburbs of Chicago. Western suburbs of Chicago. You don't sound enthusiastic about it. Uh, yeah, I'm just, it's pretty cool. That was just on vacation, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> Turned you up a bunch. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I want to say that Froggen is a top three mid. Froggen is a top mid. three mid. Okay, so if you were voting in this, you would have put Froggen up there. Yes. And uh, I did some statistical analysis. So this is, I did this. You're going to have damage per share. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he had highest damage per minute by far. This is, the, uh, again, stats from a few weeks ago. But also, I calculated that he had the highest damage per gold. Hmm. So he's very efficient. So, oh, And he's gosh. also second highest CSD at 10, second highest gold at 10, second highest damage percent. Hmm. And... Uh, this is just all mid who's, who have played 12-plus games, so not Sligo or Golden Glue. What, what's, the, what's, his, what's his most played champ? Um, It was like Lissandra, I think. I'm not sure. Oracle's Elixir doesn't have a way of figuring that out, right? Nope, you gotta go to Games of Legends. Oh, games of Legends? Okay. Um. <laughs> Alright, well, so you're saying statistically speaking... Actually, it was Karthus, one of the highest DPM champions in the game. Interesting that his DPM would be high then. <laughs> Interesting his damage percentage would be extremely high when his AD carry has one of the lowest damage percentages in the league. Huh. Yeah, exactly Weird shit Frog is so here. good, he does all the damage the ADC doesn't exactly. need to. Yeah. I mean, so. don't get me wrong. I feel like this is the problem that always happens when we talk about Froggen. <laughs> is like, I feel like I'm always on the other side saying yeah, he's not as a, good as people it, are saying. two things... Mark hates Hundred T and Froggen. I I don't hate Froggen. I just feel like that this is like the kind of stuff. Hundred T. Oh god, you got me there. Yeah. I, I think Froggen's really good, and I would have had him fourth on my list most likely. But like, the reason his damage share is so high is like you have to take into account what's going on with his team. Where like they have De Defly, who is one of the worst damage per minute bot laners and they know that so they put him on like a fair amount of hyper late game damage champs like he's played more Karthus than he's the only one who played Karthus yeah. and he played a ton of it and like that's one of the reasons that he 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 accomplishes that so my argument would be Froggen's really fucking good at what he's really fucking good at he's a great team fighter he's a great control mage player but that's not why Froggen's bad. If like when it comes to playing Velcods, when it comes to playing Karthus, and when it comes to team fighting with those champion, I actually think Froggen's like probably top two in the league. There's very yeah. few players that can rival him in that. But that's not why Froggen's rated lower by analysts and coaches and teams. It's because of stuff he can't do, or it's because of stuff he doesn't do as well. Side lane play, his roam happened better. Communication, synergy with jungler, not the best. So that's where you take points off of Froggen. The stats you listed clearly list out Froggen's strength, but what you're not talking about and what you're not really conceptualizing is Froggen's weakness. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Who do you, uh, just curious, Mark, who did you have above Froggen? I had the top three mids from the top three teams because I'm a okay. basic, basic. Would you hit Froggen fourth, Mark? I said yes. So for my, my my I did the tier list I think like week six or week seven. I had Bjergsen number one there, and I, I switched that for the end of the split. And I think I had Froggen six. Yeah, you had him pretty. I think you didn't have him that high. 
Well, because I had Pobelter fourth, <clears> and then I had Poe and Froggen is basically tied in my mind as like late game hyper carry threats that you, you put Froggen over Pobe. Yeah. So for the end of this, I would have put him over Pobe, but just barely. I mean, it's super close. Yeah, that one was pretty close. But I, I wouldn't have. I I think he played much better than Poe this split, what who I initially Demonte? had him close to. Moving on, huh? We got we got to get through these topics quickly because <laughs> we're. Any final thoughts on Froggen? Um, I'm just just want to say that C9 is my favorite team, but I still think Froggen's better than Nisky. Yeah. Froggen yeah. has gonna... the most devout fans. There's just like this We're... hardcore group of people who, if somebody says like <laughs> CLG EU fans, baby, I don't like how Froggen's hair looks today. A bunch of people come out and they're like, "You're a fucking idiot." Uh, <laughs> thanks so much, Toffer Fry, for calling okay. in. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to chime in on the crown point because Twitch chat's talking about it. Crown's super duper good. You put him in Korea, I think he's better. But the problem is he doesn't work very well with his team. And there are a number of times you can see that they had problems. Uh, no hate on the guy. I think he's skill-wise one of the best in NA. But I don't think he did a good job working with his team and got caught out of position a lot of times, seemingly because they weren't on the same page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two more colors to go. Winding hey, yeah. <clears throat> I think you just Cygnus X4 for the five months. Appreciate it. Yo, if no one calls, can we at least talk about C9 versus TSM and then like the final matchup if no one calls and asks about that? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Engine. No. Welcome to the show. Hello. Where are you calling from? Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Is that a picture of Scara in your... Yes, sir. That's a really great. Picture. Oh, is that what that was? I couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah. I, like I figured it out before you did. Uh, despite you offline being... TV, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm be... a fan of offline TV. I can tell you are too. I don't know. I think Mark is. He can't recognize people. Uh, what do you want to? You're calling from Arizona. Yeah. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, I'm gonna. My take is like uh, C9 will easily beat TSM because they're top side of the map. Okay. So, like, I think Acadian in the Fox series, he showed, like, two really good games on Rek'Sai, games two and three. But aside from that, I think he's been pretty weak. And topside, I know Loco shared his opinions on Broken Blade. Mm -hmm. But for, like, with TSM constantly giving uh, Broken Blade prior on the draft with his counter pick on red side, as well as having the highest jungle proximity, I don't think he's really shown that much with all the resources he's given. And I feel like Licorice, he's just the like, best top laner. And like the difference between Licorice and Broken Blade is just too big. Mm. So, is yeah. that game? Well, so there's two things here. One, is the difference that big? And two, is that enough to tilt the match in the favor of C9? Difference is definitely there. I don't think anyone can argue Licorice and Scarin are better than um, Acadian Broken Blade. Yeah, Acadian Broken Blade. And then that's where we start factoring in Bjerg versus Niski. That has to go towards Bjerg. And then we start factoring in Zaven versus Smoothie. That can actually go either way. In terms of top side for C9 winning, I don't think anyone's going to contest you on that. It's really about how you feel about the rest of the map. For me personally, I also have C9 winning 3 to 1, not 3 to 2. I think the top side of the map thing is going to be pretty true. And I also rate C9 Spire or C9 bot lane pretty high. Um, the only like outlier would be if 
Zben and Smoothie start going off, and if C9 lose bot hard enough, then I think then we actually have a series and it can go either way. But if Zben Smoothie versus um holy shit, I'm blanking out. Sneaky Zazel just Zazel. goes as it should, and it's not a hard swing either way, then I do think C9 wins three and one. I think um I agree with that topside point to hammer at home. But I think what we saw TSM do in games three and game four was interesting and I think could actually be a better path to beating C9 than just trying to win 2v2's top all series long. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't think Niski's as exploitable as, as Phoenix is, but if you can actually go and beat him, oh, maybe it was game two. I think it was game two, actually. The, cork, the, the Corky and the, the Swain games, whatever. Go mid mm -hmm. and try and blow up mid lane and then exert that pressure elsewhere on the map and like open up the map through mid lane versus just trying to go top initially or something like that. And I think that's maybe a better better play on the attack than just like taking on C9 strength with your strength and hope. like Because I always feel like whenever two team strengths line up, the one who mm -hmm. just does it better wins 99% of the time. Then that would be C9 winning. TSM's a top-sided team. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is I don't I don't want TSM to play the top side mm -hmm. if they're gonna try because I think T C9 will just do it better. Like even if they're not playing a top side, like I feel like Licorice can take like Aatrox or some like tanky frontliner that doesn't actually need a ton of resources, and Sven can go elsewhere, and like Licorice can just absorb the pressure. Like I don't even think Licorice needs to to try and win the two v two. So I would prefer if, if TSM didn't try and snowball through top. Yeah, um, your point about, like, playing through mid, I just feel like Niski's just, like, with Reaper, like, I just don't think he, like, I'm pretty sure he knows, like, Acadian jungle pathing. I mean, like, not obviously, but I feel like he has a good sense, and he just doesn't die to ganks that often. And I feel like if they're, if they try to open it up through mid, and they try to, like, push in midwave and try to look uh, for a play, like, top or bot, I feel like Niski's just the type of player to give up that midwave, and he's just gonna rotate, and, like, they're just gonna have numbers... And I feel like, I, I don't think, like, what what you said, look, is I don't think Niski's that exploitable. And he's not that selfish compared to, like, Phoenix. Yeah. Dude, Phoenix deaths were really bad in the game, Smart. If you remember the game, too, the one you're talking about, the quirky death, Rush saw Rek'Sai, and Phoenix mm -hmm. still stayed up, and then he ran backward instead of running away from... Hey, um, instead of focusing Rush. so much on the losing team, why don't we talk about the players that did well? That Wait, Loco was in favor of it. That's why he's doing it. A little <clears throat> flamer. But I like how Echo Fox got exploited was just like so bad, like dying to Yeah, it's not replicatable like, necessarily. Zaya being down 20 CS to Lucian like eight minutes into the game without any kind of jungle pressure from either side, like that was just god awful from Echo Fox, no? Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's as replicatable, but I still think I don't think going top and 2v2ing time and time again will be how they win the series. Mm -hmm. um, if they do win just through that, I'll be I'll be amazed. Broken oh. Blade, I am sorry we ever I ever doubted you as the top three. <laughs> if you guys win through, if they win through Broken Blade this series, I mm -hmm. will. I'll I'll record a video or something, um, professing uh, my love for I don't know. How confident are you on Acadian after he gets pushed off of Rek'Sai? His Jarvan didn't that look that great, and his Rek'Sai nope. looked really great. And Echo Fox never really pushed him. I want to see what happens when people start pushing Acadian off of more of his picks. Yeah, I think that's. I think the the jungle matchup would actually be where the series can swing a lot because Sven is prone to like dying a bajillion times. <laughs> uh, so I think if if Acadian has like a great series and like him and Bjergsen are going to his jungle and like harassing Sven and stuff, 
maybe that can work too. But I think Niski's really good about reacting to, to pressure onto Sven. So I don't know. It's, I mean, it sounds like in both situations, you guys feel like the only way this works is if like TSM players have remarkable standout performances that let them to make this miracle happen. I, I could see it being like a, a, a draft slash like strategy approach too, like I was saying, if they swap up where where Acadian's going a lot or something, but I, I don't know. Engine, sounds like it's maybe a little bit broader than the top lane, but there's an agreement that the top lane is definitely much stronger for C9. Yeah. So, anything you want to say uh, as we say goodbye? Um, just want to say I uh, really enjoy the shows. And Loco, if you don't get Ellis on Listen Loco, I'm going to have to unfollow. Don't worry, we'll get him on. Me and him hashed out our beef. All right, cool. You have a lot of beef, Why, why do you have beef, dude? What's going on? Are you like yeah. a, a all-meat-eater kind of guy? Are you on yeah. keto? <laughs> a lot of beef. I don't know. I'm a nice guy, and people don't like me for no reason. All right. But people should flame on Reddit more. And <laughs> Let's move on to our final caller. <clears throat> Let's see. We got, oh, I was going to read off another sub, but um, there weren't any more. Hello. Childish Amb Albino is here. Childish Amb Albino. Where are you calling Hi. from? Um, I'm calling from Australia, actually. Sydney. Oh, sick. Have you been on the show before? No, I have not, but we this is my first time, actually. We always get these Australian colors on, and you're a sub. Yes, I actually gifted a sub last time I watched the show, so someone gave it to me. I was like, hey, thank you. Oh, okay, so you didn't... You're, this was a gift, it's not... Yeah. Next time so, you go into... You go into pleb calls until you spend your own money on sub calls. <laughs> or your own Twitch Prime. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being uh, a sub, even even if it did get gifted to you. Uh, it means that you were watching, and that alone makes me happy. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, I think C9 vs. TSM is going of this split, and I think whoever wins that semi-final, which I think will be close, uh, I think they're going to sweep TL in the finals, just because of the mentality <sighs> of the organization. Holy crap, okay, Woo! so the game of the C9. split, or match of the split, you think it's gonna go five games? I think TSM versus C9 is gonna go five games, I don't care who wins, I'm a TSM fan, so I'd love it if they win, but I think either way they're gonna win. Um, one of them's gonna win, and uh, then I think if the playoff format allowed for it, We'd see TSM vs C9 in the finals, but unfortunately, the way the seeding works, TL are going to get swept. So you have uh, you have TL over FlyQuest. You believe enough in TL that you think they're going to be at FlyQuest. I think they'll be at FlyQuest just because they play the same style as FlyQuest. They play like the slow scale up that kind of stuff, and I think they're just better at it because they have the better players. Um, but I think both TSM and C9 have showed they can play a variety of styles. Uh, I think they can play also play more of the aggressor. I think they play more of the engager. They they pick their own fights. They choose, um, you know, how do they want to play the game. And I think they're more adaptable. I think uh, TL will just pick the same thing over and over again, or and they'll just try and scale like they have in the past, and they'll lose. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, let's get into this. Uh, I mean, you guys already have C9 beating TSM. Do we think it's going to be the match of the split? Yeah, for is sure. It the, is it the real finals, Loco? I think it's definitely the more hyphy one. And maybe I'm just underrating TL from the recent fee bias, but uh, do you, I want to go for it being that the match of the split. What about you, Mark? I don't know. I feel like we're, we're downplaying TL too much. Because... 
it's not you can't even i don't have a good reason to say that like i don't have like a well in those losses this this and this were true you know like i wish i had some some reasoning i don't have a ton of good reasoning i just look at the star power on that team and i'm like there's no way they're terrible and gonna get swept in finals like they're they're too good okay let me give you a reasoning Almost all the players and coaches I talk to have said C9 or TSM is the best team. Very few have said the TL is the best team, and these are the teams that, that are. That doesn't mean it's going to be a sweep. Well, I don't think the sweep part is true. I actually oh, think okay. if C9 goes to the finals, if C9 goes to the finals, I think TL wins. Ah. Uh. Why do you think oh. that? I'm curious. If if, I, if C9 goes to finals, why do you think they beat? Um, that why do you think TL beat C9 in finals? But then I assume by your wording that TSM would beat TL if they if they somehow make it through. I mean that's been yeah. the rock paper scissors we've seen this split. Yeah, true. I think C9 actually C9 plays fearless, and I think that's one of the best things about C9. They aren't scared. They make plays when they're behind. When they're ahead, they're actually snowballing their lead, and they're always pedal to the metal. And versus TL, they tend to kind of choke up a lot, and they tend to overthink versus TL. And it feels like they have a mental block versus TL starting from the last finals, even throughout this season. So I'm kind of worried for how C9 is going to play versus TL because a lot of C9 strengths come from being proactive and being able to play their game no matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter if they're ahead. It doesn't matter if they're behind. It doesn't matter who they're playing versus. It doesn't matter if they're playing versus Koreans, but it seems like it does matter when they play versus TL. That's fair. I feel I mean, like part of... Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, part of the rocks, paper, scissors thing, if you look at, like, game time, TSM's the slowest team in the league, C9's the fastest, and I think TL's somewhere in the middle. Uh, and so, like, I, the way I see it works is, like, TSM is, like, super good in the late game. Their Baron calls have been good. They also do a good job getting leads, and they have a good matchup in terms of being top-focused versus TL. So that helps them win. On the flip side, C9's too fast for TSM, like, Loco saying, and they play fearless, and they're also good from playing from behind. So even if TL, TSM gets an early lead, they take too long to close it out. And then like TL is kind of the middle ground where like they're they're so good that when TL or C9 goes for some of those crazy comeback plays or whatever that kind of stuff, they're not as good. But I don't know how how directly that's going to hold up in best of fives. Mark, do you think my takes too hot regarding C9? not being able to beat TL in finals if they make it through, and TSM having a better shot. Well, so we talked about this in your interview where I said, mm -hmm. I think TL has the best chances of winning the finals because their semifinal is way easier. Yeah. Right. But I actually think C9 is my like, personal favorite in terms of like who is the best right now. So I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think C9 can adapt and, and beat TL. I don't see like a clear problem for why they can't like you said like mental block seems to be the problem it's not like a bad matchup or this or that kind of thing i agree with loco i do think it's just a rock paper scissors thing i think if tsm had ended up against FlyQuest, you would have had tsm go to msi but i think because tl will probably face c9 because c9 will probably face tsm you'll probably end up having tl go to msi fair enough fair enough yeah. um Cool. Yeah. Thank you, That's Charles. That's basically what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. thank you well, for sorry. calling in. Uh, anything you want sorry. to say on the way out? Um, shout out to Alienware. Shout out to Travis and Loco and all you guys. I, you guys make great content, all of you. And I'm glad you guys are doing content together. So get Loco on this show more or get one of these two on Listen Loco or something because they're really cool. 
Um, and shout out to Emily PDF. I don't think she's watching right now, but she'll watch the VOD, I think. And shout out to her. What, who, what's her deal? Um, she was the girl who the, the girl on Twitter who found uh, Bango to Hundred Thieves. Um, ah. Yeah, you shouted her out on stream when that was happening. Um, okay. She's yeah, she was Emily Trouble then. She's changed to Emily PDF for some reason. I don't know. PDF like the file yeah. format. Yeah, so Emily underscore PDF. That's how you, that's what you handle. Gotcha. Um, I th I, and yeah, I think you follow her on Instagram. Uh, I'm friends with her in real life, so, um, so yeah. Very good. Who doesn't follow Travis? Follow Instagram? You know what I'm saying? I follow. Luke he doesn't follow Instagram. me. He doesn't follow me. I follow Mark on huh, Instagram. Weird. I don't know why. I will. Uh, <laughs> I well, shout out to her. Thank you, Childish Albino, for calling in. All right. Albino. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, I just okay. want to pronounce it like with an Australian accent. Uh, I say Childish Albino because it's like Childish Gambino, the rapper. Yeah. Um, so that's how I say it. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Thanks so much. Right. Have a good one. No worries. You too. Bye. Okay. Great, great Mark, hot take to end the show. Mark whoa, whoa. Uh, Loco wanted to talk about playoffs, but I feel like we we did we just didn't really talk that too much about the TL uh, FlyQuest match. I thought we, we had talked one. about it. We talked about it earlier on a call. Remember, Travis? Where so, yeah. you, do you think we're good? Well, yeah, there's another thing I want to mention. If, it okay. might be too spicy, but if you guys are down, I would love to do it. Who do you guys think, whose seat is the hottest in terms of players and coaches going into next split for the teams that didn't make playoffs? Whose seat is the hottest? Um, Who's most likely uh, to get canned? I think yeah. that Hanser, you know, he's a, pretty warm, he's a pretty warm guy. I think his oh. seat would be pretty warm. <laughs> um... <sighs> It's weird because 100 Thieves, I think, has a lot of faith in Prawley, but I think based off what happened with the Academy tryouts, feels like, like for the last week, it feels like every position on that team is like up for debate, except mm. for Bang. Mm. Um, I think for sure who he seat is super hot. Yes. Yeah. Him, yeah. I feel like that's definitely it. Okay. Honestly, part of the reason I think that is because 100 Thieves... Like, so people in chat are saying Dokla, but I feel like 100 Thieves is more likely to make roster changes as an org than make big guess, changes. Yeah. And that is why, like, I I am I would not be surprised to see Dokla still on that next split because I, I don't think that, like, that org is chasing excellence in the same way that 100T currently is and is willing to throw down the bucks to make it happen. So who he being on a t organ in an organization with incredibly high expectations and underperforming so much is, I think, his, like, the biggest concern for him. Anyone you're concerned for on CLG? Uh, I mean, Darshan. I like Darshan a lot, but I don't think he should have still, he should have stayed on that team. Uh, I think he should have, like, I think CLG should have found a different team. I think Darshan is the type of player that could go off and have a really good time on another, at another org, but I feel like his time on CLG is just, like, not going to work. Hmm. Mark? Mark, what about you? Um, outside them, I already talked a little bit about Optic. I mean, Clutch, I, I expect them to blow that shit up oh. for the most part. Like, I don't know who you would keep there other than Vulcan. That's like, like a burn it to the ground team, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that why part I is, like, up, What just... do you even do there? Like, that's just... I mean, maybe, it's between splits, so you can't do much. Maybe you, can't, like, you get going, or you get C9 Academy? Oh, dude. The thing is, like, when you pick up Academy players, right, you're supposed to pick them up for cheap. 
owners aren't selling academy players for cheap from the prices that I heard. Like it's fucking crazy high. They're like but trying to hoard them. Like you they're fucking save having that lineup instead of the clutch lineup. You don't think the clutch lineup is pretty expensive? So um, outside Hooney, no. Who who would be expensive? Hooney. I mean, okay. that alone, I feel like, is, it does a, a decent dent. And also, like, what are you saying as an orc? Like, would another No, I know, it's so embarrassing. Five. Yeah. Like, that's why I somebody told me recently that Jack wants to sell uh, C9A as a, a package, including West Rice. Yeah. Um, and I you feel like... You didn't hear that from me, did you, when I said it out loud on the show last week? Or two I weeks ago, I heard you say they should. I didn't think you had said that they. You heard that. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said they should. I was just hoping that your no, no, brain. No, no, I heard. Getting... I heard that that is. Plus, no, the like, way way the jack... jack like this that is the most jack thing in the world, right? Is to try to sell yeah. it all as one package. So even if that's a rumor, right? The way the jack promotes C9A, <clears throat> it aligns with what you're saying. They're better than bottom tier LCS teams. Yes. They're like the sixth best LCS but teams. It is think. so embarrassing as an org to just be like. We're taking Jack's pre-packaged combo pack of players in LCS success. They'll only like here's here's why. Okay, here's why you do that. You do it if you have intense pressure from your ownership group to bring in results, and you just like you somehow convince the ownership group this is a good idea because like you have intense pressure. So. I don't know what the the clutch management team is looking like. You're right telling now. your ownership group, I don't know how to do my job, and Jack's leftovers and Jack's like academy players are better than what I invested money into. Like you're yes. basically telling your ownership, I'm a fucking idiot. That is that is true. On the other hand, you're if you can get them to not fire you uh, by taking those players, you're probably much better set up to have success next split than you are keeping your current lineup. What's the ownership rationale behind not firing someone that failed and then picking up a package and the next but hmm, this split he'll be fine? And uh, maybe you don't feel like getting a new person. I mean, how how clued in do we think some of the like some of these ownership groups? I think are like they don't know what yeah. they're doing. Yeah, they probably don't even care. You're right. Yeah, so they just are like, why aren't we getting results? Maybe maybe if depending on if the ownership group doesn't know enough, you're like. Don't worry, guys. I've got five different players. We're gonna go get all these guys, and I've got a great coach. Um, yeah, don't... and the way you sell, the way you sell it is like, guys, I just found the best up and coming team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I scouted we're... them out from the depths of this other league. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone we're else gonna pull five players in. from academy and this coach. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done a lot of research. I think these guys could be really successful. So we're gonna get them. Mm -hmm. Um. Do you think this offseason is going to be crazy? I hope so. I think it's just super hard to make big, big, splashy moves. Like, maybe one team, if they go for, like, a complete blow-it-up mm -hmm. thing, maybe. But, like, it's hard to, yeah. to, to... I can't remember too many seasons where, C9 like, spring Weeby to says, summer. IMO C9A is getting praised too much from one game. Well, just so you know, I have heard... They also scrim. That in yeah. scrims they crush people in scrims, you know, as well. So, I I don't think people think this. If if you hear people talking about it, it's not just because of the that. It's because apparently they're really good scrim partners. Yeah. And they've absolutely slammed C, like Academy. Yeah. We'll see if it holds true the finals is this week. But they slammed Academy last year, and they seem to be slamming it again. Yeah. Not to oh, mention, man. I mean, those are a lot of like they're they're mostly. It's not like this is a random group of people like. 
We've seen these guys in LCS before, so. Yeah. And Mark, how much upturn do you think is going to be in the offseason from spring to summer? At most, 20% of the league gets turned over in some regard. Wow. But that's across all teams. That's I know, but I mean, that's... you need that just means that you need a lot of turnover in the bottom. Because obviously, like, the top teams aren't going to touch their rosters. Right, but anything in the bottom four, I think you could see two moves each. Did I do the math wrong? You see two moves each. You need two moves each the bottom in four teams, every that's team eight teams. in order for it to be 20 Eight players out of 50? No, I was, I was pretty close. I mean, 20% I, is 10, po- 10 players switching. Sides. Right, and so I was saying... Oh, sorry, I was one out of every eight. team. Right, average, but I was just yeah. saying that. I was saying yeah. you have... Let's just say how many starter spots are going to switch. Stop trying to be smart with the math. Well, I said I said at most 20%. So I wasn't okay. trying to be smart with the math. I was saying if the bottom four teams are the teams that are candidates for potential switching of rosters, because I don't think Golden Guardians will. Echo Fox might, so it might even be bottom five. Uh, you actually have a pretty easy chance of getting there because it doesn't require that. Like, 18.5%. one team blows their roster. Right. One team blows their roster up, so there's four gone. And, and Echo Fox changes one or two. Optic changes one or two, CLG changes one or two, and you know, hundred thieves changes one or two, and suddenly you're at like twelve people. Uh-huh. It's not that hard to get there. All right, I'm gonna Final... say twenty-two percent. <laughs> okay. Final question before um, whatever. You finally excuse us from my own show. Yes, go ahead, Logan. Uh, well, I want to ask one final question. I'm super curious to grab you guys' thought on. Do you guys think Dardock finds Dardock finds a team? I hope so. I hope so. I he... think. Uh, He's such a, a great so. part like, of the Not hope so. Likely, yes or no? Yes. Optic will sell one of them for money. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that that's what will happen. Is You'll either have Meteos or Dardock uh, stay on, and then the other one gets sold. So the team, obvious team that we would be talking about is like 100 deep Dardock, right? Or CLG. I don't think he goes I think he goes to CLG before he goes to Hunter T. Really? I think Hunter T is an org. Hundred I don't think Hunter T is as CLG is, in my opinion, should feel really desperate right now. And it's like the fucking scene where they show up in the Loki. Loki. Yes, the Loki scene. Um I think I think that's the case. I think Hunter T so I think both Hunter T and CLG have org like uh, bias against a Dardock just because of their cultures mm-hmm. um, where both of them would not be willing to take that risk whereas others would but I think CLG is desperate and w- and also they've got Weldon and you gotta imagine Weldon's like ha huh, I could I could totally handle a Dardock yeah but, but probably worked with Forgiven so maybe they can swing that yeah well that's my point I would say probably worked with Forgiven. He probably doesn't want to have to go down that road again. That's an off. I feel like that's so off brand for both teams. Oh, one hundred percent is off brand. But I think CLG is more desperate than Hunter. I think. I think not to say that I think Hunter like Hunter T shouldn't feel really bad about their situation. I just think Hunter T probably thinks okay, like we can fix this. We don't need Dardock. Whereas I think CLG I mean, should be like fuck. Press the emergency launch button. Like. Get this guy in. I mean, even Echo Fox could technically go for him too. I, I think. It's a uh, no way, no way. I, I guess they already taken in Phoenix back, so maybe Dardock again. Oh my god! All these scenarios sound so <laughs> unlikely. It's pushing me towards Dardock won't find the team. I think Dardock's good enough to be on a team, but 
but all the well, options we're talking well, about. Well, he can stay teams. where he's at, and Medios can go yeah, to he, one of these teams. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's that option, too. I if think Medios is not going to hunt. is not 100 deep. Then to Medios to Clutch or Field G. Medios to Field G sounds good to me, man. Yeah. Field G Medios? Oh, that's also off brand, no? I think it's, well, it's less off brand than CLG Dardock. Mm-hmm. Oh, I actually wow. think I think it's off brand, but I actually think Medios could be a good fit for CLG. I think this is like the only time I can legitimately have this conversation with you guys without any of us being um, affected with information. I feel like in a week or two, if you have this conversation, yeah, like we can't talk about it. I mean, we can talk like, about it, just not on air. Um, <laughs> or we can if any of us want to be extra leaky. Um, mm-hmm. All right. That's the show, everybody. Mark, do you want to shout out, plug anything? Um, my top 10 anime list is the best one that was tweeted out today. Um, we put out an offline TV video. That's pretty funny. So you guys should go and laugh at that and then press the like button on it and then subscribe to the channel. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Logo? Academy playoffs are this week. Hmm. Um, well, there was a lot less fuck locos in the chat today, so I'm glad chat liked me better. You can find my we content We just timed on... out all the other people that did that. <laughs> um, I have, I have Locodoco across all social media, so Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can just type twitch.tv slash Locodoco. I'm everywhere on there. Um, I do a show every morning, or every Monday, 8 a.m. with Dom and Daniel on Dom's channel, and then you guys probably know Listen Loco. And thank you so much for Travis for having me on. Thanks for coming on. I'm Travis Grafford across all social media, except for Instagram, where I have to use an underscore because there's a fisherman in Texas who has my name. He's a much better version of myself, so I'm, I'm really jealous of him. Uh, but you can find me on all those places. 